that time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And here we are to finish things off for the year with our season award show, the fifths, and also talk about just any sort of news that's happened before we close up. There's a little bit about the internationals. There's been a few signings as well, and then we'll have our thank yous before we have a bit of a break. Sounds good. You want to kick off with some positive news? Go for it. Your news, mate. That's the positive news. Yeah. yeah. What, are, what are you doing next year? Um, yeah, going full-time with uh, Manly doing New South Wales Cup, so... Jesus. Yeah. Finally. Uh, and I'll be working on the yeah, working on, on the NRL staff, on the NRL coaching staff, so it'll be good. Looking forward to it. So you first started coaching, and I can still remember it like it was yesterday. We both got injured in 2006. You did your shoulder, and you stopped. I did my knee, yeah. and that's the first team you ever coached. 07, the year after. No, it was 06. No, 07. First I was year. Out. Yeah, no, it was 07. So 06, we both stopped, yeah. 07 was the first year I coached. You sure? So that, yeah. Actually, no, you're right. Because yeah. I, they I asked me, they asked me to coach in 06. You got me, yeah. Sorry, and I was, I, I was dodging, ducking, weaving. Didn't really want to do it. Yeah. And then thought, you know what? Why not? I'll do it. Um, and then yeah, just from there. I think it's just naturally. So 20 years progressed. now. Yeah, not quite 20. Oh, 20, 20 sorry, 16, I've, 17. I've messed up like the number again. 17 years. Yeah, spent the majority of that obviously at Penrith and Brothers. So Brothers, Penrith, early doors. And then <clears throat> for a lot of my time back end at Brothers, I was doing something at Penrith as well. So doubling up. Um, and then, yeah, post sort of doing 20s with Cam Serraldo and those guys, just thought there, there wasn't going to be a lot of opportunity to progress at Penrith. So jumped out of there. And um, yeah, it was pretty cool that first few people that I spoke to after um, <clears throat> I got this gig were, yeah, people from Penrith and people from Brothers and, yeah, people who have been good mentors to me. Um, Chris Hutchison at Mounties, who's now down in Canberra, like he's been massive for me the last couple of years. Like, to be fair, if he didn't show faith in me last year and put me in charge of New South Wales Cup at Mounties, I'm not sure I'd be in the position I'm in now, but... You know, you could say that for a lot of different things that happened over the years. So, to be fair, you, you also knocked that out of the park, let's be honest. Yeah, I, yeah, but I had good help. We had good players and good... Like, Chris was unreal. Chris was doing, you know, as much coaching as me. So, it wasn't all me. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the key to coaching is to understand that you're not going to be able to do it all and to have good people around you. And well, I think the other thing as well is being willing to learn. You've certainly done that. You've yeah. been Penrith. You've ran your school program for a lot of time at Chifley. Yeah. You had the time, obviously, West, which was a huge challenge, and the other opposite end of Penrith, where you're not getting probably the best talent, the most signings and everything else, and you've really got to dig deep. You did a little bit of time at that Roosters Academy as well. Yeah, with Andrew Jogs for a little bit. You've that was, yeah, that was going to, that was going to be a, uh, yeah, that was going to be good, but the competition fell over, so I'd signed on to do, it was like a mid-year Comp- Sydney competition. What the idea was once SG Ball finished, mm, put the was to remote in. a lot of those guys up into like a Sydney-based four or five team competition, 
and then have your bottom end flag and your top end SG ball for the boys that weren't playing, playing in a, you know in that sort of environment. So yeah, um, but then you wrap that all up in with like I said, you know, school teaching, uni, coaching degree, school pathways like you've done juniors, mod, mini, oh, basically everything up to the point of pathways, whether it be sixteens, eighteens, like mats, ball, flag. Cup, Massey, you've... Yeah, I've, I've had an involvement in... Yeah, pretty much every... the ultimate apprenticeship in terms of getting to this point. Every grade, yeah. I've had something to do with pretty much every grade. And you've even had a little bit of involvement, obviously, with the women at Mounties, but also Chifley had a women's program as well, so... Yeah, I did a little bit with the girls at school. Good base, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I didn't do... I didn't do a lot with the girls at girls at Mounties, but again, like Darren Borthwick, who's gone on to... Yeah, Canberra. To Canberra and RLW... Um, him and I still got an extremely close relationship. He was, you know, a part of our New South Wales Cup staff at Mounties last year. Again, just an awesome guy to learn from. And yeah, a lot of, a lot of these people are just, they're good humans and they're just similar, similar people. Well, on the lighter side, I'm sure everyone's extremely happy for you. Yeah. As, as much as I am. And even more funny that it's Manly, because there's a lot of Manly fans over the years that throwing some good gems at you. So, yeah. what are you going to say now, fuckers? That's <laughs> uh, the best. Yeah. Nah, I, the club's, club's been good. So, yep. yeah, looking forward to get so like you said, started. So, yeah, I'm sort of... On the a staff. Split, it's a split doing... role, yeah. It's, so, you know, my number one priority is to look after the New South Wales Cup. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, my number two priority will be to... Be full time at NRL sessions. You know what that what that looks like in terms of hands on coaching. I don't I don't know at this stage, and I don't particularly care. And I mean that respectfully, in that I'm just happy to be around it. And you know, if they give me a whole heap of stuff to do, I'll I'll certainly chop my teeth into it. If they give me a little bit to do, I'll be I'll be wrapped with whatever role I have in and around it. Um, and I know what I know what coaching's like. You know, like I'm gonna have to prove myself to. Seabold and the guys that are there and you know I'm completely comfortable with that I don't I don't have um, ego or you know have expectations around what I should or shouldn't be doing at that level I guess I'll um, I'll get to do what I'm what I prove that I'm capable of doing um, but yeah I just it'll be good to be in around those players like just you know with the setup around New South Wales Cup like because it's Blacktown Manly most of the boys that play for Blacktown are full-time squad at Manly, yep. so you don't you don't particularly see those guys during the week unless we try and get across to an NRL so session. You're obviously across so, both parts now, which is yeah, it'll be good. It's going to be. I think it'll be it'll be good for those guys in that transition space to have a familiar face there with them three sessions rather than well, bridges just the, the one gap the of two. information, which is generally there a lot of times. Yeah, but oh, it's it's that it's it's also that yeah, but it's it's as much just about having someone hands-on coaching those guys every day. And that's not to say that they're not getting coached at the moment. It's just another having another coach on staff, I guess. So, um, you know, with Shane Flanagan leaving, um, you know, there have been a few guys promoted and then I've moved into that um, space. Steve Howes has been promoted to into Flano's seat. Um, and then, you know, they've got Mick Ennis coming in, so he's going to help Howes. hookers. Yeah, so he'll help with the attack and then I'll... Um, I'll just jump into, yeah, the, the cup stuff and those, a lot of the younger players. We've got some flag players there as well. Like, so I'm just excited about coaching, you know, 
just coaching at an NRL level and trying to develop as many NRL players as I can as the as the cup coach. Like that's my job. My job is not to not to win cup games as much as winning cup games is cool. My mm. job is to make Sebes' job hard. I think. Yeah. Back and end sure of the squad got, and the players yeah, that are there. Sure that he goes shit. You know, I've got thirty blokes pit. here, and you know, my decisions are are difficult. That's what mm. I guess every NRL NRL coach wants. Yeah, we're we're going to get injuries. Every club gets injuries. We got smashed yeah. with injuries this year. Part so, of the job. Um, yeah, just ensuring that that you know that secondary squad uh, is ready and. Coaching the hell out of them and I guess make sure they're up up the backside of the NRL guys. We've talked about this before, though, because this is the thing: people look at a ladder for, say, cup or junior reps and have a different expectation of what success is for a club. It's not yeah, the same like at that level if you look because, at, if, like, you look at Manny's situation where we were, your feeder pulls out, you've got no players, you're relying on basically the majority of the guys you signed to play Massey to play cup. So, yeah, back end there when you win, you know, more than half your games and beat teams that are loaded with NRL players. It's a huge achievement. You've gone further than what yeah. you expect. Or year one out at West's taking the risk on all the young kids like Matamura and all that and only missing out on for and against considering the squad, the achievements. It's a different goalpost depending on different levels of development. Say when you're at Penrith and you know you're getting a pretty stacked side but your expectation basically every year is to win a comp. Like, yeah. There's different levels. Yeah. So well, it's cup, also like at Mounties we were coaching to win, right? Yeah. Because we weren't coaching to develop an NRL player. Well, we were... Yeah, but, but we also had those guys there three sessions a week. So you were, fo- yeah, you got your team. I was trying to win. Yeah, we, trying to do we weren't feeding to the Bulldogs. And that's the, I think, the overall message here. Not to say you're not, it's not you're not trying to win all the time, but your expectations obviously at different levels change depending on what what's going on or where you're at. Yeah, but, but my, I guess my philosophy around it is that if you coach them well, yeah, then you get results. They'll play well, and then naturally that should mean that you get. Yeah. Well, you just get the results you you deserve. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't stress too much about that. I'm more about performance than result. Uh, particularly, you know, when you got a young squad and there's a lot of young players there that, you know, we want to try and develop and push through as first graders. There's some good experienced guys there as well, so it'll be it'll be a good mix. Well, like I said, start off with the best news we've possibly had in twelve years. And again, I'm biased, but I don't really give a fuck because I think it's. Well and truly overdue and well deserved, and trust me, no one's happier than I am for you, yeah, mate. I'm, so I'm happy. Congratulations, and I'm sure there's plenty listening that happy as well. And now for the even bigger news, what I'm doing next year? What are you doing next? Still year? digging holes and climbing poles. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Oh yes, there you go, everybody. Climb that pole, bitch. If you want uh, want your power to go out and someone to come fix it, it's probably going to be me. And don't ask me when it's coming back on, or I'll pull out my chair and I'll sit down for smoke. Well, I couldn't climb a pole. I yeah I'm I can't climb three steps up a ladder. I struggle putting the Christmas lights up. I got few. I hang so. off transmission towers and you stare into the blue. Can't do it. It's a good time, but I mostly do underground now. So. so there you go. It's great for your back. You're in your space and I'm in my space. There's well, no way it's I not the space get... I want to be in, but I'm obviously going a different pathway and trying. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be gibbering somewhere in the future. I can't. Uh, I can't get up three steps a ladder. Putting the Christmas lights up is is a great fear of mine. Well, like I said. You're the coach, I'm the shit talker. Nothing's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> awesome news, but let's jump in and do our award, shall we? Uh, we've trimmed it. it back as the years have gone on, and for rightful reasons, obviously. Um, but <coughs> pretty straightforward. Our team of the year system is different to the Dally M mm-hmm. setup. We name a full 1-17. to 17. It's open slather on the bench. 
that we add on as well. So yep. usually you're making up for that where there's always a position where there's probably a couple of guys that are hard done by um, if you look at it. But mm. for us, that's where in our 17, we probably you know squeeze an extra four players that you're giving a tip of the cap to if they don't win their positional sort of award. But we go four one to 17 and then other categories, player of the year, um, best coach, super sub, rookie, most improved, underrated, etc. Um, it's evolved as time's gone on. But yeah, some people care about this some people couldn't give two fucks it all depends what you're into but it's a, it's a free opinion and always nice at the end of the year to reflect and look back on who's played well and what positions and who's developed and who's come along so let's jump into it shall we <clears throat> first one that we always start with on our rap sheet is the rap player of the year um i guess if you are taking in the world cup which i sort of haven't at this point in time i've only really looked at more of the Origin series, and I think a handful of contenders. Queensland dominated. Collins was very good. Cotter, Hammer had a couple of good games. Um, but I, I still think if you're going off that basis, Ruben Cotter, for me, was the rightful winner of the Wally Lewis medal. And for that reason, he's my rep player of the year. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, and I, was... I know the World Cup was a bit different for him. I I struggled with the World Cup. Like The pool games were rubbish. And the two kind of big games we had, I didn't think anyone really, really stood out for Australia. So... I'm all based it off Origin, and a guy to you know be thrown in, have to play 80 minutes in the back row. The work he's got through this year and then last year in that arena, like he's just something else. Like between him and Lindsay Collins, it was just two liquid men basically running around. Yeah, Hammer's impact at centre was awesome. Um, you know, for New South Wales, it wasn't the greatest of series, but you know, I think Cotter, well and truly, is the the man deserving of that award. So yeah, you on board with that one? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. found it hard. Yeah, like I said, I, I didn't really go back to the World Cup. Like, if you're going to go that way, you'd be throwing in some of the Samoan players and other guys that were there, but throwing in, you know, the mix and obviously the Origin series, or, you know, for him to, I guess, debut even in that setup and then what he did this year in Origin Year 2, that's probably why I've given him this award. Yeah. So we're unanimous on that. Uh, the most improved, this one is always very, very open. Uh, and this guy's going to double up for me in the awards here today. But mine's Wade Egan. Yeah, mine too. Wade Egan was a guy that was spoken about when he was brought in from Lithgow. The Penrith system was very, very good. Played in dominant teams, but sometimes with that, that can limit your development because you're not asked to reach into your <clears throat> kit bag and develop some of those skills. Obviously, was given a big contract on potential. Moved on to the Warriors once Ivan got there, um, knowing that Arpia was coming back. And I think over there, he's really worked on his craft. Like his service this year from dummy half, the way especially under pressure inside 10, yeah. putting players under the ball where he put the ball, very selective on his running, doesn't overplay that side, jagged try here or there, laid a couple on. Um, I think defensively at times, he got he got whacked a couple of times, but he's certainly tough enough in that sort of area for a bloke who's not big. But yeah, I, looking at that position this year, I think it was a very inconsistent position, but he's the one guy I'd probably look at um, the other guy, <clears throat> I actually thought... Um, I had Crossland as a contender. Yeah, well, you know what? I had Ponga. Most improved. Ponga, Ponga from, you go back and you watch Ponga, where Ponga was, you know, I think people will probably go, that's craziness. But no, the improvement crazy. is significant. Like, mm. he went from people going, like, what is this bloke doing? From the off-field yeah. stuff last year to the concussion stuff. Playing one side of the field as well. Like, a lot of questions around a lot of and, stuff. And won the Dalian medal. Mm. Like, that was ridiculous. So... Rapid improvement. Uh, yeah. Ponger, I was like, wow. Mm. I thought 
Egan probably from where he was <laughs> to where he got to. Oh man, Wade, Wade Egan was brilliant this year. But like I, I wrote down a couple, and two of them were Newcastle players. I thought Leo Thompson and Phoenix Crossland were two of the most improved oh, for me. Crossland, we said last few years, I thought he was a good player, but he just needed to stay in a position. He's never been given time to be a half, which is what his natural position is. But the toughness he showed to move into nine, make 50-plus a week, and play the way he did, they've got a serious question in 12 months' time if Jaden Braley's not healthy again. Even someone like um, Jack Cogger. Yeah, to come back from... Going from cup to play a significant role in the... Mm. Billy Walters. Yeah, well, that's another one out there. And, <laughs> Billy and Walters was It was a very huge. common theme, nines. But Leo Thompson was one this year I watched more and more and more. And then he got picked for New Zealand. I'm like, that's not a token jersey from injuries. Like That guy was very, very good. Yeah. So, Wade Egan, uh, we agree on that one. But plenty of guys <laughs> that were much improved. Uh, rookie of the year. This one, you can always argue in many, many respects. I've gone a, a different path. He wasn't nominated on Daly M night. But I went with Jacob Preston. Because I just think, to be a training trial is one thing. To break into a top 30 is another thing. To be that club's best player, playing in that position, doing what he did year one in the NRL, I think that's a real hard slog. And I'm not taking away from anyone else because really I, I probably should just give it to Sunia Taruva um, for what he did. But I just think, yeah, for a guy to come in in the circumstances he did to where he finished, like, yeah, he was their best player. Yeah, I went to River, <clears throat> just because I thought he was awesome too. He came in, played a stack of games, and looked a competent first grader. Definitely. And I think he's got a stack of improvement left in him. Mm. I can see the Jacob Preston argument as well. Yeah, um, I could see the Buller argument even. Yeah, Will, Will, Will Warbrick. Brick was good, but yeah, I think if you're going to say like consistent full year first grade, I don't grade. think I, I don't think. There was like an absolute standout. I guess Taruva's probably the absolute standout. Well, yeah, comp and played every game. And... But he wasn't blow the doors off, I think. No. He just fitted exactly what Penrith needed in that team and it was a hell did of a, his job every week. Hell of a class, though. Like, again, not everyone plays the full year, but when you look at what Carl Pereira did, Warbrick in, like Katoa, you know, he flapped out a bit, but he had some good games. Buller, Kula Kefu, the fact they found him at the Cowboys, Wong... And then there was a little glimpse of other guys who only got a handful of games, like you see in Smith, Tommy Weaver, Munro, um, Sulfar Logos, one game of the try he scored. Like, dear Lord, every year rugby league, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Anytime yeah. you think, oh, we've <laughs> lost someone here, someone pops up. But, yeah, I, I just think for a rookie in the club circumstances, I, I think I've just gone forward by so I've lent into that. Not Taruva was tough as nails. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a... Calm prayer or that type of thing where you go, I'm just picking this guy because he scored 20 tries. Like I thought on grand final, he was better than Brian. And that's saying something. Yeah. But yeah, you, you can't go wrong with any pick in that category, but I've leant towards the forward. Yeah. That's um, cool. And then to hear in the end that he needed a shoulder echo and played the way he did. Massive raps to him there as well. So uh, there are rookies of the year. Super sub. I didn't even have an argument. The name came on my head straight away. It was Dylan Walker. <clears throat> The impact he made every time he came on the field this year for the Warriors, and I think that's this is one of his best seasons in first grade, which is pretty scary because when he came in, he turned into a Origin and international player and won a comp. But different sort of role at the back end of his career. But every time he came onto the field for the Warriors, he was a difference maker. Yeah, so that's where I went. How much? How much time did Flegler play off the bench this year? Ah, uh, fifty-fifty. <laughs> I think he, yeah, he some games, but they started majority. He was the one that I. Sort of had there, tossed up. My thought for them at the back, Kobe and Palacia were good bench players, Palacia in particular, were. but 
Yeah, Walker. Definitely, yeah, Walker was was sort of that one that I thought constantly the whole year played that role, did that role, um, and just he was always a positive for them. So, yeah, that's where I went. What about yourself? You going with the Flegler for the part games that you did have? Oh uh, yeah, no, I, no, I had, I had Walker. He was, I think, he's the obvious one. Mm. I was just trying to come up with something a little bit different in case we had the same. It's been a bit less the last few years, I think, with the way the minutes are going now. Like Penrith, obviously, have Lenu for that reason, and. They've had Dylan in in the past, like Melbourne had Nelson, or yeah. teams have seemed to have it. But I think it's been a bit less impactful. Like a lot of guys from the bench, sort of just rotations or sort of role players. He was sort of the only real one that was clear cut to me this year that I looked at and thought every yeah. time he's out there, good minutes, quality impact, like <sighs> ball playing to the middle, running threat, getting out to the edges, linking up with the halves. Um, yeah, there wasn't many that stood out to me. So yeah. super sub of the year, coach of the year. Like you can make your argument whatever way you want, but you can't deny Ivan Cleary. Yeah, I've got like Ivan. four minor premierships, like three minor premierships. <laughs> May the fourth be with you. Mate, you oh, see that last time, mate? That speech. Oh, people have been saying the last few days, like Wind, you know, he doesn't talk, and now he started to let a few jokes out. It's like, oh, he's arrogant. I'm like, oh, fucking. <laughs> what do you? You all yeah. get offended by everything. Yeah, 100%. I'm all after the quote last night when it's like Dave O'Neill asked me, do you want to come back from? To Penrith, and I said, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Tigers fans. There's a good reason he said that. Yeah. You got 12 months and looks like that. Jordan just went, "Ah, oh, yep." <laughs> but no, that was very, very funny. And the speech the other day when they caught him trying to sneak out of the club on morning sun, oh, <laughs> it was blind. Yeah, should not have. They go, it. "Are you drunk?" He's like, "No." He lifted up his CC can in the shot. I was like, "You're <laughs> sideways." That's great. You know you're drunk when one eye's starting to close and the other eye's sort of open. When I saw that, I was like, oh, I've seen that face in the mirror a few times. 100%. God bless you, Ivan. That's great. So he's been great the last few days. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I, and yeah, it's not arrogance no. because they've done it. Oh, is that and, what, what are you, you going to say now? Like, I'd, yeah. I, and this is why coaches don't talk. Hmm. Because you can't, you can't win either way. Like I said... He ate a shit sandwich when he came back. He realised something was sort of off. He made some tough decisions, moved on. Five or six big contracts and players that people didn't agree with. The first year wasn't great. There was some inner turmoil. Blooded that next generation. The year after, during COVID, no one expected them to do what they did. They lost to Melbourne. And <clears> since then, they've just gone from strength to strength. So, yeah, you know, you, you can't be denied. Yes, huge cases can be made for people for other reasons. Like O'Brien's job was saved by the run he went on. Kevy, after a couple of years, gets Brisbane to a grand final, close to the minor, close to the premiership, just short, and then Webster. No one saw what Webster was going to do at the Warriors. Yeah. So you make arguments whatever way you want, but the resume over the last few years, and say it every single year, you lose the players they've done and keep turning up and you're hungry four years into it. Like, seriously. Yeah. Give them any flowers. But we agree on that one. Underrated player, like this can be looked at a lot of ways, similar to what I said before, your Crosslands, your Thompsons, uh, that sort of player. What Jackson Ford did this year or Arthurs, but I don't even know if you could say he's underrated anymore, but it's probably biased for me. But watching the way he played this year and how he didn't win our player of the year, if Nick Meany's not underrated, I'm not here. Like if he become available tomorrow on the market, I think plenty of teams would be interested. There's a lot of bloody good fullbacks in the NRL, don't get me wrong. But I think the job he did this year and the amount of like mainstream sort of praise that just goes to Harry or Munster or the same sort of players in every single team, when you really watch a game of footy and watch somebody like that, you're like, bloody hell, this guy's a good footballer. Yeah. Yeah, I went Billy Walters. 
Underrated. <clears throat> yep. I think he did an excellent job this year. Like, if I wasn't going to give him most improved, I, I thought, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to give him underrated. I thought particularly a couple of plays in the grand final, those kicks. Oh, and, those, he almost knocked two 40-20s, that second one. Yeah. And I know a lot of the praise went to Reynolds and Walsh, but I was just really impressed with Mate, as the year went on, he his made... craft. And, you know, like I was as equally impressed with Smoothie as well. Like mm. his, um, I just felt like his deception and his passing game... Good tandem by the back end Improved a lot. Like, yeah. Reliable. I think that aspect of Brisbane, like their hooker yeah. play, was extremely underrated. Well, he used so, his forwards well, didn't he? He had a really good pack, but that can be underrated if you don't have a little bit out of dummy half. But Walter's actually become a bit of a run threat, which is why years prior at Brisbane Tigers and Storm sort of thought that was the better job for him. He sort of showed a few times he could, yeah. he could jag a try, but as the year went on, that craft got better. His ball playing, his deception, stole a try here or there as well. Smoothie obviously had some nice plays, like you said, in the grand final around dummy half. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this one again was the one I looked at and I thought, well, you know, your Leo Thompson's, your Phoenix Crosslands. The other one who keeps coming up to me just for what he does at the club. And I know he got named in the Kangaroos train on squad this time, which I thought was a good acknowledgement. I still think Nat Butcher's underrated. Yeah. I think <clears throat> he just does a shitload of dirty work and doesn't get a whole lot of praise in that rooster setup. Yeah, he's, but, he's been a, <clears throat> a very good blue-collar first grader for a long time, hasn't he? He mm. just really efficient. Seb Chris was the other around one. what he does. Yeah, Come to mind. Yeah. I, I didn't know how I felt about the fullback thing this year, but good job at centre, good job at fullback. Probably not one spoken about a lot, but Seb Chris, good football player. Yeah. But yeah, for Manny's sort of fill-in role and then what he did this year, and yeah, I, I sort of just went there because, you know, overlooked by the dogs, using a couple of roles... You know, elsewhere, didn't win our player of the year, but I just thought looking at it overall, between the goal kicking, what he does running, ball playing, just think, yeah, he's, in my opinion, he's still a bit underrated. So, yeah, plenty of good options there, but that's where I've gone. Uh, moving on from that one. Toughest player, again, you can look at this a lot of different ways. But I still... Toughest? <clears throat> Moses Leota. He's a tough man. Oh, mate. Get out of my house. I had a couple of Penrith guys here in, in thinking about it. If you want to go off what they've played through this year, but... No, it's not that. It's no, just like, mate... I had, two, I had two guys in mind just for the way they play. Just ran straight at Carrigan the other night. Mate, he, and just went... He flatlined him. Oots. <laughs> someone someone <laughs> brought back, someone brought back that meme that I love, the, old, the Stardust song. Uh, ooh, and then it hits and they fly off into space. Just had Carrigan doing cartwheels through space, but uh, I, I said well, last year, Dylan Carrig- Edwards. Carrigan getting in front of him. Tough. Oh my God. No, I, thanks. I couldn't split Dylan Edwards and Cam McInnes. Cam McInnes has got something wrong with him. Yeah. That, that bloke is just sick in the head for the way he likes to just play and defend and he loses teeth like most people just, you know, have hot dinners. It's out of I'm control. Gonna go, <clears throat> I'm going to go the other extreme with my honourable mention. I'm going to go Lachlan Croker. Mm, he's a tough bugger. Mate, my God. He was playing a lot of games earlier this year, just playing 80 in the middle. Yeah. Like, and he's not a big boy. Mate, he's, he's, again, you want to talk about underrated, I think, for oh the body of work God. he's done. When he won their player of the year last year, I was like, I'm not surprised by that. No, he's... Um, he's ever consistent. But, yeah, and he just... 
even tra- even how he trains, just like, yeah. oh, it's just. In the end, I've gone with McInnes, but I had Dylan Edwards last year. I couldn't give it back to back, but the way he treats himself too. Just yeah. catch, carry, like sick in the head for being that fit. Yeah. Anyone who likes fitness that much, you make me sick. <laughs> like hearing the stories of him at training, I'm just like, people like you have got problems. Yeah. I remember I was standing next to Vaughny while we're running and we we're just like, what are we doing here? <clears throat> there was a guy like riding past with a bike and an ice block on a summer's day. I'm like, I want to be that fucking guy. It's not, I just want to play footy. It's not a good thing for us big boys. Nah, I don't want to run. I just want to play games. Can we play a con game? At least that's fun. Yeah. It's people like Dylan Edwards, Cam, you can it's just sick in the head. It's about a little mental disintegration. Just doing up-downs and fucking tackling people. Eight, that, that game this year against Penrith when he made like 80 fucking four tackles or whatever. Watching that, I was like, I would have vomed after 30 and probably been paralytic on the ground face down and just a pile of my own spew. Yeah. Cam McInnes was just at marker. Absolutely sick for it, like a rabid dog making three or four a set. It's like, mate, you got problems. No thanks. That is a tough human being. Yeah, agree. <clears throat> Comeback player of the year. Again, you can categorize this in different ways, whether it's injury, form. I sort of had Pap in my mind for the fact that he even got on the field. But if you want to just go from where he was last year to now, it has to be Johnson. Like there, after the couple of years away. Yeah. There was talk about the club and like you know basically wanted to move him on until Webster got there and apparently he just called him and said straight away if you want to play I want you here. straight up like you got my full support like simple as that for him to go from where he's been the last few years and in that hole and form wise to you know I had um <clears throat> I had Charles Nickel Cox start or this. he's another one I had written there because Canberra obviously moved off him and his form and improvement again you want to talk about improved I thought he's another one who added parts to his game that I didn't expect to see. Said for years he didn't have a ball-playing game and didn't really have that aspect. He was super important on some of those right-side shifts this year. Yeah. But between him, Ponga from the concussions to where he finished as well, and you know, his form and end of last year, I was like, they're sort of the three that stood out to me. Yeah. But yeah, John- Johnson's head was basically being called for to what he did this year. Yeah. So yeah. that's where I landed. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay. But you can't go wrong with any of those players. So Johnson... Comeback player of the year. Best buy. Again, you can look at this in a lot of ways. If you, if you want to talk about value, um, which is obviously on the other side of things, I've got to say that the Warriors buyers in general, they really hit the nail on the head this year with a lot of their buyers. And I know Webby sort of wasn't there and Brown got a few before he went out and then the club signed one or two before Webster was in. But Chance, Murata, Walker, Barney, Ford, like looking at all the guys they brought in, most of the time you're looking at sort of a different scale across the club, yeah. going, oh, yeah, this one was good. These two are average. He wasn't what we expected. <clears throat> the six or seven they signed plus Metcalf, I'm like, all these guys played first grade, played well, and if any of them didn't, it wasn't because of form or playing games. They either got injured like Tamara, who started really well, yeah. but all of them contributed to where they got to. So as a club, like the six or seven players they signed, they nailed all of them. If you're talking biggest transformation of what happened to their team, it's Brisbane with Walsh. Yeah, I went Walsh. And... You know, whether they fucked it, <laughs> fucked it up by letting him go in the first place, but then the situation where, you know, the Dolphins had beef with the Warriors because of O'Sullivan and Wayne Bennett running his mouth and they had control and said, well, you're not going there. And they were filthy because they offered three years, like 850 grand, but the Warriors were like, nope. Mm. If you're Brisbane, right now, you're just hugging him. He's going, we're never going to let you go again. 21 years old and what he delivered when he came into that side and been unlocked. Yeah. They're certainly happy after watching him at the Warriors, you know, for that period of time going, we got him back. Yeah. 
best buy. Um, I think the, you can give a wrap also probably to the Dolphins. You know, Hammer worked out really well. I think what they got Marshall King for was an absolute steal. Azarko's career where he was to where he was now, there, there were some good buys, but yeah, I think Walsh takes the cake, obviously, from where they got to. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, Sarko had a great year, didn't he? No, awesome. Absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, bargain buy, you can categorise that again. Guys like that that were pretty much on the scrap heap, two clubs last year. Yeah. But I think if you're going off what was identified to where they were, to what they delivered, before he got hurt, again, I think Jerry Marshall King to me proved the point of what happened to the Bulldogs last year. I didn't think they had to go buy somebody and pay almost three times as much. I thought they had their hooker. So I think the Dolphins, but before that injury, the way he was playing again, they would be sitting there going, how good is this? Almost nobody wanted this bloke. We got him for an absolute steal. Yeah, I went Jack Cogger. Yeah, I think Preston was another one in that same category. He was a bloody trainer troll. Jack Cogger, man. Uh, um, Yeah, he was, you know, played cup against us mm. twice and then played a significant role in a grand final, just... Yeah, I know he's he's uh, sort of trampolined in and out, but oh, for what he's he a bargain. He's a bargain in the fact that right, in the moment they ha- needed he's, him. He's yeah, he's had a significant contribution in a moment for yeah, you know, and they've got him because right. this is the he point. was looking for an opportunity and again jumped, in, jumped into that group and the was other embraced week. and yeah. If you're worried about Lua, you play Cogger. I had no qualm with them playing Cogger. Yeah, that's he's a quality the whole, player. You know, yeah. They ended up sort of going the way that... He's another example of what we spoke just about. To carry the half bench. in a bad situation who a club quit on. It wasn't him. It's the mm-hmm. situation. If you showed a bit more patience... Yeah, I think every club's guilty of it. Yeah. Every club's guilty. That's one that shouldn't have taken five years, six years to get back and to this And every point. club is guilty of it. It's like um, quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. It's like you have two or three bad weeks and it's, it's almost... Well, like, that, the, you know, I think the difference over there is, next. though, they usually put it into the draft value. Like, if they've drafted high, you know, they'll stick I with. understand that. If they're a nobody on a nothing contract that. with no strings attached and they can move them, they just see it as, you know, wipe your feet and move on. But with half I think that's here, why probably, you know, the, I guess what Phil Gould often says about halves, you know, there should be halves academy and we should be developing halves. Like, he's right. Every club should be putting significant amounts of time and effort into trying to produce halfbacks. A lot we say, though, similar deal before with expectations. If you were Newcastle at the time and you're tearing your whole club apart because there's bad deals and the tinkler after effect and he's into it, realise the situation. Yeah. Your expectations have to change. The, wasn't the player then that he is now. No, I know, but you have to so change your expectations given that's what, what I'm he's saying in. about you know, they development. Didn't. They just sort of went, oh, well, he's not that good. It's like, mate, you, you're an absolute ramble. And then he went to the dogs when they were bottom barrel as well. That's Like I said, it's another Blake Green. Blake Green had that awful run of coming into Parrot at a bad time. Yeah. Sharks when the mutiny happened and dogs when they got the spoon, like three bad clubs in bad situations and suddenly can't play footy. I remember talking to like Mick Potter about this, you know, like I think it was probably might have been even during COVID, mm. we were talking about Yeah. because yeah, I guess we sort of everyone was sort of more relaxed and thinking about things a little bit differently during that time, but we we're talking about the difference in expectations around halves now than what you know was expected when Mick was coming through in sort of the eighties, mm. um, and you know he he said you know like halves used to go from you know flag into President's Cup into 
reserve grade into the NRL sort of 22-23. And if you sprung in prior to that, you were like a Brad Fittler or you were yeah, you know, one out of the box. Everyone else was just understood that that's how the way... That's the way it was done. Play against your I own don't age, know whether, play against I don't know whether I think twenties might have sort of created a little bit of what we've what where we're at now because a lot of players well, they want to go from flag into and they want to skip cup and go into NRL, which is why I think now a lot of a lot of clubs are going as soon as players are going well in flag, yeah, they flick them into cup. Like cups almost became New South Wales Cup has become essentially like a handful, a handful of part-time players in each team, mm. a handful of Jersey flag players yeah. in each team, and then a ha- and then the majority of Half it, you the know first your top, your top thirty, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, it's probably gone away from it's not a dedicated veteran. And you would have and... thought that that would have strengthened the quality in Ron Massey, but it actually hasn't because a lot of the players are going. A lot of those part-time players are going. Well, they're putting flag players in. Mm. I'm I'm not full time. I'm part time. If I'm part time, I'm going to go earn as much money as I can. Yeah, I'll go to a park team or wherever they got money. Yeah, I just go to the highest bidder. Well, like I've said before, I don't a- begrudge those players. No, but I also think it is in a way it's hindering the development pathway a little bit. Hmm. We're not playing probably as hard a football. And like I've said, a lot of the country guys I know that have come up here that are going home early. Yeah, because there's no point staying here training full time in cup for money they can get to do two days a week and work a job and. Yeah. Low cost of living, cheap housing, back home, you know, they get massive paydays. They get sign-ons, they get good pay, they get good jobs and circumstantial compared to being in Sydney and having a rent and not being able to afford a fucking house. Yeah. You know, it's probably, like you said, taken away probably some harder heads and a little bit more of that development there because it is a lot of guys that have probably come through a bit earlier. But, um, yeah, I think there was plenty of good bargain boys this year, like, Eel's getting hop good nice and early. I know they've extended him now and probably given him a nice pay rise, but what they got out of him, absolute bargain. I think for them as well, Cartwright. Yeah. On an absolute whim. The Knights trading you guys a hooker for Marju. Yeah. They've now extended him, similar deal, but, you know, that, um, that you said, Cogger, Hosking sort of rolled forward last minute over to the Warriors. Basically looked like he was done. Yeah. Full-time back rower. Uh, Newcastle again, like someone like Gamble. I didn't when they bought him at the start of the year on a diamond dazzle. I don't think they were expecting what they got out of him. So that combination that he struck up and moving to week two of the finals. But yeah, I think between them, like a lot of those clubs getting a handful, and then you got like the Dolphins who obviously struck gold with Master King and Azarko for now, who have both been extended. But yeah, I think when you got a guy like Preston again, who was a training trial to what he delivered this year, incredible. You can't get better value than that. So. Uh, that's where I landed, but plenty, plenty of good options in that regard. Uh, the overachieving team of the year, I think you've really only got two arguments for it. Newcastle would be on your radar for the way they started, but no one expected the Warriors to do what they did. Yeah. So for me, the Warriors to be in a prelim yep. <laughs> off the last three years, new coach, no one knew what to expect. Um, that's a massive overachievement, in my opinion, for, for year one. The biggest thing that we all hope now is it's just not a one-hit wonder. Mm. That's probably the only thing that really worries me about the history of what's going on there. But thinking about who's there um, and the way they all seem to have bought in and speak about Webby and what's going on at the club, it, it sort of gives you the vibe that it's not going to be a one-year thing. And I, I hope that's not the case. Yeah, I hope not either. Um, and similar for Newcastle. You sort of sit there and go, like, finally, because it's not like they've had a bad roster. You looked at it the last few years and you're like, well, rep centres, 
rep front rowers, like representative back row, ponga, solid halves, like some good sprinkling of their own in there. Like, what's going on? You see glimpses here and there. Yeah. But like we said, it was like the perfect storm, just everything hitting at once for a few guys that were off contract, a few older guys who were on the outer. O'Brien's job's on the line, criticism about Ponga, just seemed like everybody banded together and looking at that now, they basically only played for half the season where they got to. For them now, they should be sitting there going, well, what happens if we put together a full 24? Yeah, that's right. That's that's the challenge. That's the goal. And again, not doing it one time. Yeah. So um, they were right there. But Warriors for me in that regard, um, highlight of the season, this is always one that's pretty open-ended and People are probably sick of it hearing it, but to me, it was just the revival of the Warriors and that whole wave. Like, the way they started, thought things might have got a bit shaky, but their football got better and better. Their crowds were hilarious. Aaron Woods is cloned, dunking beers every time we come on camera in front. The crowd signs. Uh, I just really, really enjoyed the wave. That was probably the sort of highlight for me is watching them this year. And Yeah, I think, yeah, personal... One of the personal highlights was going over there to experience a game. Mm. And that was a pretty good game too. Like it was close and controversial. So mm. Friday night, the crowd was raucous. But for me, it was the final series. I And attending some games, like I went to, I saw all three of Penrith's finals live. So uh, the first one with the old man and Timmy Witt on the hill, which was, and Tim's dad, Al, that was unreal. Because, you know, our old man doesn't get to the footy very often. Nah. And then to take, you know, my young bloke um, to watch the Storm prelim with you, which was unreal. Uh, he obviously got a good result. And then, yeah, the weekend was really cool mm. to take your kid to the footy and, um, yeah, have his team win. And he was obviously pretty shattered with 20 to go and pretty happy at full time. Um, yeah, it's just it gave me a sort of different perspective on on footy, I guess, through the eyes of, of the little fella, he's Penrith, like, sick for Penrith. It's disgusting. I'm just happy he's sick for it's football. D- it's disgusting how uh, how much he loves the Panthers. Oh, but, it's awesome, that. The fact um, that every time I come here, he's got a bloody footy in his hands. Yeah, but it, we don't push it with him. No, we that's just, my point, though. But he's sick for it on his own. He like, loves it. We're around so, footy, but he just has naturally yeah, gravitated. Yeah, he does. It, he which loves is the it. best thing. So we, we went to the fan day... Um, on the Tuesday, so I watched Penrith Open training session. He just sat there, watched all of it. Like, he's not even four yet. No. So, um, and then, yeah, just, and I've got to say, just the way that the Panthers plays in particular, like he, he obviously, you know, all he wanted was to have a photo with Nathan Cleary, which I said to him is, you know. Going to be hard. It's going to be difficult <laughs> at this time of the year. Um, but, you know, the... I think it was after the Melbourne game, Fisher-Harris came over, had a photo with him. Um, I think he had a photo with someone else as well that night. Uh, I don't remember. It might have been Steve Crichton. No, you got Fish, you got Sunia. Got Sunia on grand final night, which yep. was... Yeah, you sent me the, the, then, the other um, two, you sent me with Cogger and Lenyu, I think. Cogger and Lenyu at the fan the day. Walk like around. The, the players... The amount of um, Mate, the that... amount of the amount of community work that the Penrith boys did, uh, like you know, you see it. I guess you see it once you've got a kid, mm. and you know we we obviously stood down on the fence for an hour or on all of those occasions and just waited patiently. But it's not even that stuff though. That they got a huge award for their work 
with youth and the Mount Druitt, like, and all the PCYC stuff from the New South Wales Police this year. And that's the thing that shits me when you hear, you know, the agenda sometimes on your mainstreams or your 360 about they're all bad blokes. And they're, I'm like, fuck, if you even knew what they do yeah. out this way. And it's not just Penrith in general, but community stuff, especially around that area. Yeah. Like, you can forgive them for having a little bit of a persona like a Jerome does and that if you actually knew what they do. Or even on the weekend, um, he had the young bloke that had the accident at SeaWorld who, you know, lost his mother and mowed his leg and yeah. he, he pursued that on his own and getting him to the game and that whole thing. Like, it's little things like that. Like, yeah. it's football at the end of the day. You sit there and go, ah, fucking hate that lady. You don't even know the bloke. He's a yeah. footballer. It was like Reynolds. When I used to watch games, I wanted to punch him in the face. But then you hear him talk, you're like, he seems like a perfectly, you know, normal bloke. But yeah. it's a game at the end of the day. Yeah, that's right. People need to remember that. And yeah. Come and look, I... I love the club. I've got a lot of respect for the Panthers and yeah, they're certainly, well, they'll be my second team now. Well, the last four years, what they've done winning wise, like no one's been asked for more media photos, autographs and attention than they have. And they certainly handle it very bloody well. And every time we're at home, they hang around for as long as possible. Yeah. It's impossible to get to everybody, but I tell you what, I've been to a lot of football since we've been adults or since I've been driving and whatnot. And I don't think I've seen any team, probably interact more that's right. with fans than Penrith. And that's even prior to the winning sort of period. I think yeah. they're one of the better teams at doing it. So he'll get his photo with Nathan Cleary. I just don't know when it'll be. Mm. So I'll have to work on that maybe in the maybe in the off-season, in the, so go down to a pre-season session yeah. where no one's talking about footy and see if he can't get a photo with Nathan Cleary. Just got to make sure he's got a shirt on and not in his leopard skin underpants, that's all. No, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> but th- that was at the open training. Yeah, session. he gave all his gear off. And that's because he gave all his stuff away. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. And yeah, we were like, "Oh, what's he wearing?" I'm like, well, he just gave all his gear we away. We were so. in front of um, a, a young mother and her daughter, and Isaac Tago came over and gave her one of his boots. Mm. Like he could have given it to Henley, but um, he obviously wanted to give it to a young kid, and I'm, yeah. He gave it to the young girl in front of us, and mate, she was absolutely wetting herself. Yeah. Like, that's that's the that's the cool stuff. Hundred percent, really cool stuff for kids. And you don't like I never I never saw that side of it until you've got your no. own. You go, that's yeah. The amount of stuff they do is unreal. Now all all he talks about now is those players. So yeah, yeah I think it's what they do is they're sowing the seed for future generations in not only this area but for rugby league in general. So. Definitely. That was that was my highlight. Yeah, and just the finals. I thought there are probably a few blowouts, but yeah, you know there are a few good games in there as well. And the grand final that was just an absolute epic. And that's like that's my game of the year. Mm. Grand well, final. That again, we we haven't got to that. But I was going to say I had a few other regular season games, but after the grand final and that result, that was my game of the year as Incredible. well. Incredible. Um, Absolutely. I think Origin won. Like I know we're New South Wales fans. Like that was. That was a crazy comeback as well. Like to get for New South Wales to get beat in that game, yeah, you know, like for game for game of the year. Like I think we probably look at it through a different lens because we got beat as Blues fans. But no, that was an incredible. They comeback were under Queensland. massive duress. They were Penrith-esque with injuries. And yeah, situation to win that game. They were the two games. Like the Penrith one, obviously the grand final, biggest stage, mate. But that that game. Origin won, won Queensland the series, mm. and it's caused all this turmoil for New South Wales. Yeah, well, so. look, look where it's ended. Yeah, they're arguing with their coach about years and stuff, and that's too much turnover, and yeah. the role's not a full time role. Like it's just 
they're sitting over the fence just laughing. Slater's locked Spoiled. up for a few years. They've blooded a lot of players. They're in a good situation, and we're back to square one again. Yeah. And there's 8,000 people who have been named to be the coach. I'd go uh, grand final into Origin 1. Mm. Uh, low light, and again, this is only more just a general thing. Probably for me, it was just the seasons and the crumbles of South and the Cowboys. Like, It's not, not a knock on a few of the teams that got in, but I think... Every year, you're hoping you see the best teams. Like the Cowboys, for me, really missed an opportunity, as did South. Those two teams should not have missed finals football. We should have had probably a, a much stronger sort of top eight. And I think if they did manage to find some spots with where we started the year, yeah. talking about the balance between sort of that top five and six, we would have had an even crazier sort of final series. But you get what you deserve. And what they put in, in particular on the back end of the year and... Cowboys with a slow start after the World Cup and the preseason and maybe buying into their own hype. I think those two both missed a massive opportunity. So that was my low light. My my low light is the impact that Origin has on the NRL. Massive. Just for that. Probably eight week period or six week period. I'd really just like to see us address it and have a cup competition through that period of the season. Mm. Um, and put just significant prize money up to incentivise uh, teams to, you know, go hard and not rest, you know, players or keep players, uh, I guess, um, up their sleeve for when the NRL resumes. I just, <clears throat> yeah, maybe there's more capacity to do that when we get more teams. Like if we get to 20, you know, by the end of 2030, like they're talking, maybe then we only have a 19-round competition. Mm. Because we're going to have then ten games, like you're going to get almost your your whack of games. Because TV revenue is a big thing, right? So yeah. if you if you stop the competition there and shorten the season, then you've obviously got to have you got to make the games up somehow. So I think a cup competition, you'd add another grand final, you'd add another couple of semi-finals. Yeah, that. That's you know sort of my spitball idea during that period, or I just think maybe well, we've got to go to we've got to go to ten day turnarounds with it, like start on a Wednesday to a Sunday to a Wednesday, or just look we've, at a we've way also we've also said it in terms it. of I'm not going to defend what happens now. It's clearly more shit went down behind the scenes, but when you come into that period, you got a couple of injuries, you lose some players. They even tried to sort of rest or stat. They basically admitted afterwards that they rested the trail for a couple of extra weeks, but you look at the effect it had on them. And with those losses, it probably fed into more of the ne- other negative yeah, shit that more, was going on there. Yeah, but. I probably needed to articulate myself a little bit better. Oh, I know. Oh, it's more just... You've hit yeah, the nail on the head. I'm the, also bringing it from a club the, perspective. Yeah, I think the, it can really ruin a club season sometimes. Well, it does. Because you get false wins. Mm. Teams win games that they would not normally win. Unless and, and they, particularly during out. that period, lost... And look, a, that's just luck of the draw. Yeah. Which, that's like luck said, of the draw. Or just perfect. like, you know, when if you play a team... If you play Penrith last round and they rest players, or mm. you play Melbourne last round and they rest players, you know, look at what happened Brisbane Melbourne. Mm. They, they both, both rest, rest both players. said we're not moving anywhere. We're, you know, but we'll what I'm we're saying we're is, imagine if you know one of those teams at the bottom, South or the Cowboys, needed to win and they drew Brisbane well, and, and Cowboys, Melbourne. They Cowboys did need to win and they got bashed by Penrith. <laughs> no, no, but what I'm saying is Penrith didn't rest players. Right? No, no, because they wanted to go and inform after they yeah. rested naturally because yeah. they obviously won. But that, again, that would be luck of the draw, is what yeah. I'm saying. Just. You don't really know where those little intricacies are going to come up in the draw. But this but was my thing. The other, like I said, yeah, as much I as people... I do think it has 
this year that the team for me was South. So I looked at that and went, well, like the origin period just... Well, Bulldogs, Dragons, they were all close losses yeah. with six or seven guys injured or playing. and Or out. Then yeah. the last game, you sort of like, they would have been thinking, we've dodged a bullet. And then Freddie debuts a couple more of them. You're like, well, fuck. Like, <laughs> just leave us alone. <laughs> and then obviously what else was going on there? And then you go on the road tour and like everyone... No, and look, I think... When you're not buying you close doors... Like, South should be extremely proud about how many players played origin. Mm. But they got punished for that success. And it's not like they don't have depth, right? Because they've just got... They've got they won the New South Wales Cup. Cup. They've, got, they've got pretty good depth there. But yeah. So, also on that, the flip that's of that. the other thing. It's like a lot of the time teams think, well, you, probably because we've been, you know, forced into... Not forced into, but we've just become accustomed to Penrith winning. And, you know, they'd won a couple of New South Wales Cup comps. And it was sort of like, well, to be, be a good Cup team, you know... Your NRL team needs to be going well, which isn't, isn't uh, you know, isn't completely true. No, I think. Because we had South, we had Norse, who were fed by the Roosters, who were both, you know, Roosters played, what, till week two? Mm. <clears throat> Didn't have the season that they thought they would have, and they, were, they got smashed so by South, injuries. to be fair, didn't really get anyone back. They sort of had the same crew uh, the whole year. Then you had Warriors in New South Wales Cup and then ourselves in Canberra. But on the flip of also sort of saying mid, that, you know, teams. those wins certainly hurt <coughs> South, but then you look and go, well, you know that's coming and it's always been a part of it. You need to be more resilient. Like, yeah. Penrith don't complain during the origin period. Broncos well, won. Well, I heard Ivan's speech. He said, we've learned how to yeah. Brisbane, deal with the origin Brisbane period. got a lot in this year. They won through the origin period. Melbourne dealt with it for a long time. Pacifica and Kiwi guys who don't play origin as well. Remember, that was sort of the Melbourne. Well, that was the beauty. Melbourne, For that few years, I used to say yeah. about us, we had cheese, the Bromwiches. Like, yeah. We had a good core that was there to lean on. Penrith, you know, they're not as heavy Nelson boys, but they've got a few. Mm. Whereas, yeah, now with like Fish and Louder and that, you at least get a good sort of base to yeah, work with. you still got your front rowers. Um, <clears throat> you know, Dylan Edwards hasn't been getting picked. No. It's left uh, enough core pieces. And then when you've got good juniors, obviously you yeah. fill in. And yeah. if you've got a sort of a structure, it works like, the last few years, it's been good for us because we had Nico and yeah. other guys roll in who have obviously been poached now, but that forward pack was there. So you could lean on that and go, all right, we're not going to struggle to get up and down the field and be solid there. Yeah. Can we get some points? But yeah, I just think, like, to sum it all up, I think we could do it better. Well, we definitely could. And again, it's going to take... Do I have all the answers? Some no. brain power, and it's going to probably have to wait until we get to 20 teams and restructure. Like, it's going to take all that. But at the end of the day, the hard part is, and we say this all the time, the TV deal rules everything. So they're going to have to collaborate more with them to say, well, with this package or a cup set up like yours or mid-season internationals or a break or whatever, we need to fill the void of the games they want because everything at the moment is based off content and money. So yeah. they need to, they can't cut that content out and get the same money. They're not going to give it to us. But they need to come up with a way once they say get to 20 teams, which is what Valenis is talking about, if that's in five, six years' time, that, all right, everyone plays everyone once. Maybe there's a rivalry game in between that. Two buys, whatever it is, 22 weeks international origin, but they need to come up with a way to package it together to have enough content to get the same amount of money, if not more. Because the one thing at the end of the day, they're not going to make less money and the TV side of it's not going to want less content. But yep. they all need to get down in a room and obviously have a big powwow when that day comes. But for now, it's sort of been what it has been for a long period of time and it's not going to change anytime soon. It's, uh... Try of the year. This is always a hard one when you reflect on everything, but I had a couple stick in my mind. But individually... I think that finish by Dom Young at the back end of the year 
when he was getting yanked by Suli and sort of did a roundhouse cartwheel and kept that in his fingers. In terms of put-downs, I thought that was mental. Absolutely mental. <laughs> um, <laughs> team tries, there was a couple that popped in my head or just crazy tries. Like, if you want to talk about just having your heart ripped out, the poor Roosters in that semi, I don't think it's try of the year, but they're the ones that sort of hurt. And then the Roosters copped another one. I only flashed in my head that Fiona try. That Cogra. Yeah. I was leading that game yeah, when Carl yeah, was yeah, there. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, fuck, yeah, yeah. poor Roosters having kick nightmares this year. But um, the old Mudgy game, when Dom Young ran across field like a under-sevens team and then linked up with Hastings and Frizzle, that was a pretty good team try. Shit offence, but good try. <laughs> um, and the other one, a game that was absolutely diabolical, but I quite enjoyed it. The Bulldogs at Belmore, the Tigers went like 95 metres on them, and I think Brooks finished it off. It was some of the worst defence you've ever seen, but in terms of passing and skill, like... It's a good team try. <laughs> but, yeah, I think kick out someone. It was like a 30-something degree day. He just fell asleep and they just absolutely carved the guts out of him. But <laughs> Dom Young's put down at the end of the year. I looked at that and was like, mate, <laughs> how you can be that big and fucking flip like that and your fingers, like, that's ridiculous. He yeah. was gone for all money. That was incredible. Like, the, the wingers are incredible in general. Like, you could sit there and come up with a million, but the one that made me laugh was sort of, I thought about how... Bad, I felt for the Roosters, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I forgot about the Ryan Carr debut comeback game as well. Like the Roosters, issue just tortured by kicks. Yeah, I'm, I'm just racking my brain. I, yeah, individual and team ones. It's, yeah, Dave Fafita probably comes up a few times for individual trials as well. Where he just turns <laughs> into under under tens and starts just swatting people. He's got five blokes on his back. Yeah, oh, he makes me laugh. That guy. Try the try of the year just for good bloke. Karma, Sam Maddo um, scoring, Olaquita just said, here you go, here's a gift. Maddo, You've yeah. been on for 10 minutes, you get stuck in the centres. Olaquita just murders someone for and me, goes, yeah, here's the probably, ball. I'm not sure which try I jumped high for the um, Dean Madison try or the, the Nathan Cleary try when I made Henley cry on Sunday night. What so. about that? He <laughs> shit himself because everyone around him and everyone, I was like, Rawr! he's like, what the up. fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. It's like, Nathan Cleary's got the winning try. He's like, okay, that's, oh, that's right. good. I stopped crying now. Everything's all good. A lot of growing people just started yelling like, fucking Neanderthals and started screaming. <laughs> looked around and saw uh, how fucked up society was. But what's going on? That's, that's sport, my son. Yeah. But, you were uh, crying, crying wanting to go home 15 minutes ago. There's some... There was some ripper tries, but yeah, depends what you want to go with. But it's always the the efforts that stick in my head, and that Dom Young one when they replayed it, and Vossi's reaction was like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> Same deal. You look at it and they're going, "Surely not, surely not." Well, yeah, the tries are actually the individual tries are just getting better. Oh, the finishing. <laughs> my partner and I, she's like, "Do they practice?" I'm like, you kidding? They put the gym mats out and go flying into the corner and practice the yeah. flips and. The body contortion, because it's becoming that inch perfect. We talk about it all the time. Make them score in the corner. Well, they're scoring in the corner, but they're getting an inch perfect with inside the paint like for a reason. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a couple of good team tries. A couple of ones that just made me laugh. Thinking about the poor Roosters getting burnt twice. But, yeah, Dom Young's finish was uh, right up there. So, I'm going to stick with that one. <laughs> yeah. The old cartwheel. Yeah, uh, good. Player of the year. We don't always agree on this one. I think there's only two years we haven't agreed with on this. Yeah. But who is it for you? And I, I had a feeling all day because, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you just go, this happened and that's why, and fuck off. So. Are you talking about me? Yeah. Who's your player of the year? Johnson. Good. I didn't know. I think you were going to go with me. I thought you were going to pick Cleary because of the, the finals run and 
what he did. He'd missed a month, but the start wasn't the greatest either. But I thought the full body of work. I had Johnson. I just thought maybe you would have, might have got on Cleary because we usually no. Go if to we were going to go, I I do believe that they should go the MVP model and go finals MVP. I'm with you. And they, he'd like, be the MVP hands down. I guess that's sort of what the Clive Churchill is in a way. Yeah, but only for but it's man of the match for that game. So it doesn't but his three mean. games across finals, he was dominant. But the NBA, they don't have a man of the match. Well, I guess they do. They have the finals MVP across the series. Yeah. But the you MVP... You can't win it unless you win the trophy. Yeah, so it's sort of the same thing. The Dalian this year, a lot of people are still arguing that it didn't work. And for me, like I said, I still think there's only one resolution, and that's main I, media. I can live with Pine. Players. I, I could I, too. I could live with it. But and I still thought Johnson's full body of work I think, was better. Jo- yeah, and the reason I went Johnson is because he, he missed the last round. I think he would have polled in the last round and won. If he played. Probably, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, but I look at so, Ponga and their run, and I'm like, their, he, their team was good. But did he Ponga was... deserve to win it? Yes, based on the fact that he played. And and he also missed a lot of games as well. Well, if he but basically, I do think first if, eight weeks was... Uh, Sean Johnson was punished by his team's success. Well, Tohu, Fanua Blake, Egan, Chant. Like, there would have been multiple guys there. That no, were... no, no. What I mean is by the fact that they were in yeah. a position where they didn't have to win. But I'm saying so that, that run, like Ponga... Was the standout like they had good contributors, but he yeah. they win. He that's was he was the reason, and that's what we talk that about. Johnson was so dominant and got so many points in a team which was. That's why I got yeah, more respect for what he did with Fanua Blake and Egan. Like and, they weren't just contributing; they were all. But yeah, yeah. he was the one driving. Metcalf and Chans and yeah, all those mate, guys. Charlie Harris, mate, bloody Dallin sometimes was getting yeah. hat tricks in two hundred meters. He wasn't just scoring; he was, you know, yeah, dudes there were chopping points out of Johnson. So. He's like the old Melbourne setup where people go, oh, they didn't win, you know, Daly M's. I'm like, some years they'd all be in the top five and have 30 votes. And you're like, if they play anywhere else like Thurston, he unfortunately yeah. only got to win one comp, but he won that many bloody Daly M's because no one was taking the points off him. If they won, he was the reason why. Yeah. That's the system. So there's only one way to get away from that. If you don't like it, it has to be a unanimous vote. And how they do that, like the NBA has media players and like administration and they have like a 3-2-1 system, I think. And you poll ones, twos, and threes, and most of the time they don't argue that much about it. And same as the NFL, it seems to be pretty unanimous most years, and not much argument. If that's the model he wanted to go, I think Johnson would have won this year. But we've gone the two judges. I think it cleaned up a little bit, but it still showed the flaw that, like, the fact that Nico landed at third at fifty-four was only a vote or two away from winning. I honestly thought this year was a pretty much a down year, and the back end in particular was not great, but. It leaves that hole. Like, when they win a game, he gets the votes. Yep. Um, but Harry Grant racking up the votes he did. I, again, watched Melbourne games, obviously being a Melbourne fan. He had some real standout games, but he had some absolute barriers. Like, to look at his season as a whole and go, yeah, he finished fifth or sixth. I was just sort of like, nah. And then Penrith plays. Yo, 41. Dill, 42. Cleary, 48. Like, they're all in the top 10. I was like, that, that speaks to what we're talking about on the other side. If they're on other teams... Individually, yeah, not stealing from one another. They're all red hot contenders. Mm. Um, and the fact that Cleary was still right up there, even though he missed a month plus some Origin, like that's that's the only thing he hasn't got. But you know, when you got three grand finals, who cares? Who cares? Individual achievements who are one cares? thing. Yeah. Premierships are what matter. So uh, no, we agree on that. That's good. I thought you might have had one out there, but yeah, Johnson's full body work this year again. Talk about the comeback and where he got to. He's my player of the year as well. So there you go. Our fifth and last player of the year, Sean Johnson. And now to name our teams of the year, 1-17. to 17. 
Fullback, a very interesting one, and I don't think there's a wrong answer here, but who do you go with, my friend? I went with Pye. Yep, I went Dylan Edwards, and I didn't think I'd find myself saying that with my opinion four years ago, but yep. most metres in the comp, so consistent. Um, like, I know the ball playing and the rest of it and tries. His try scoring certainly improved. He yep. finds himself in better positions, but it all sort of depends on what you want. Like, Walsh, most errors, but most try assists, but half the amount of metres, half the work. Dylan just works himself to a standstill every week. I think, again... People misread, you know, their front rowers, their halves, this, that, and the other. What their back five does, but particularly their back three, and it starts with him, has been sort of the foundation of, you know, what's made them so successful. So yeah. I thought he had another brilliant year, and how he's not in the Australian squad, like you say, oh, you've got to be versatile. I'm like, well, Addo Carr's just a fucking winger. And you're telling me for what he's done the last few years that Dylan Edwards can't play on the wing with the job he does. Well, come on. And Val gets on the snort and he gets a jersey still. That's okay. I'm sorry. We were talking about standards and culture and what we wanted to uphold. Let's not reward a Dahlia medalist or grand final fullback who won an Origin Series or a bloke who's been the most consistent fucking fullback for the last three years. Like, blow it out your ass. <laughs> we picked Tom Trebovich for fucking Origin. He doesn't even play centre. And we're like, oh, they're going to be versatile and play that position. He doesn't even play the position. Yeah. It's like, the arguments, they're horrible. Just, eh. Piss me off, but Dylan Edwards and Ponga. What about your wingers, mate? Who you got? I went <clears throat> Brian to O and Dallin. <clears throat> What's in there? And again, I don't think there's any wrong answer here. Between what the Newcastle boys did, Dallin, Taruva, there's plenty of good wingers this year. I went Brian as well. Brian? I, th- I think the bar he sets, like people go, he was quiet. Like he's just, again, he made the most meters and he played less games than a couple of those blokes. Yeah. He's just so bloody consistent. He's a good finisher when he gets the opportunity. They score generally a bit differently to most teams. They don't always end up out in the wing. Um, but you just know what you're going to get. He's rock solid. On the other, it was almost a flip of the coin between Taruva, Dallin, or Azaka. But I went with Azaka to come back from where he was. Top point scorer, top try scorer. He was very good in yardage as well. I think he was top five in meters. Um you sort of tick all those boxes. Like Again, I think between fullback and that, you couldn't have gone wrong. No. You could have had Walsh, Ponga, Edwards, and for the wingers, I think you got five or six blokes, depending on what you're after. But Toto and Azarko, and you've gone Toto and Dallin. What about your centres? I think we might be the same on this. Yeah, I went Crichton and Farmworth. Yeah. Herbie this year <clears throat> finally got the respect. Respect, bah. Mate, I was very close to going Bradman, but... No. Nah. Um... Back half of the year. After, That's what I'm saying. Barley, yeah. Barley Bradman, Barley Bradman compared to start of the year Bradman, <laughs> yeah. two different Bradmans. That but was I think the best. Steve Crichton, I think, is the best centre in the game, and Farmworth hey. was. Uh, My yeah, favourite thing about Herbie is Herbie is not just a flash player. Herbie works his ass he off. Does. Yeah, like the game, he doesn't have to wait for the game to come in, but when he gets the opportunity with good ball, he's also a weapon. Yeah, his development and a few years ago to think again, I was saying he's underrated a couple of years ago. The Dolphins would be sitting there absolutely patting themselves on the back. They signed Flagler and him early. They've both just made, you know, grand final. Flagler's going to be playing for Australia, played Origin this year. The back end of the year, he started to really see what we've been waiting to see from him. And then Herbie, Dalian Centre of the Year. You know the bargain ball I forgot? Who? Changing the subject. Jermaine Hopgood. Yeah, well, I mentioned him as well. That's why. Did you almost switch off? Him and Cartwright for, you know, they already had Cardi there, but they had him on an absolute ham sandwich. But the way those two played this year. But they filled in their lock spot. They've now extended him, so he's no longer a bargain. Sorry, but go, go back. Go back to it. That's just between my gibber and mate. That's all mm. good. 
But we agree on the centers. Um, yeah, best. A lot of people mentioned Staggs. I didn't think he was anywhere near as consistent as Herbie. Campbell Graham started like a house on fire, but injured. Tago at one point there was absolutely untouchable, but then back into the year he missed like 10, 11 games, wasn't healthy. Um, I think an underrated guy, just his improvement this year probably in that position was Tomoko. Wouldn't put him in that category of those other two, but certainly a bit of an honourable mention in that position. Yeah. So first spot we've been unanimous on, the centres. I think the six is not going to be much of an argument. No, Ezra. Ezra, people talk about his kicking, his ball play. It's like, well, he scored twice as many tries as everyone. He's so dangerous for the ball. The bloke is a jack-in-the-box. Yeah, he misses some tackles, but he gets in front. Like They're not yeah. bad misses. They're not clean misses for tries. Like, And he's 20. The guy could be playing fucking flag. And he scored a hattie in the grand final. Um, anyone, like the fact that Munster got the RLPO one, like the players, you're just picking on reputation. Give yourselves a triple. And the nominations, I look like Cody would have been up there, but at the back end of the year, he just fell away. His first half of the year was really good. His second half was awful. Yeah. So right. for that reason, I didn't think there was even an argument to be made here. Um, no. It's it's all <clears throat> all Ezra, man. Halfback, no surprise. We picked him as player of the year. It's yep. Johnson. Yep. I think honourable mentions, obviously, Renault. DC was great for Manly in the oh, team. Yeah. Um, they now that had some tough weeks. And Nath, yeah, he, he missed some games, but he was great as well. So, yeah. Uh, front rowers, I think this is a bloody same deal. Fade a complete week. Jesus, some good front rowers in the NRL, though. Yeah. But Fanua, Blake, and Haas. Yeah, I went Fisher Harris and Haas. Hey. I that, left Fanua no, those two out yeah. of my starting 13. He may make an appearance on my bench. There's something else. Like, Fanua Blake, you can't move like that as a big man and have that motor. And same as Haas. He finished this year. The one thing I thought was missing was passing and offloading. He was first in offloads. I think those two are the top two meter eaters. They both play huge minutes. Like, it's unfair to be that size, that mobile, and work that hard. Yeah. Um, I went Fish and Haas. Uh, yeah. I think. For reasons outlined. Yeah. Well, I think they're clearly the best. Three honorable mentions were straight up just the two from Penrith because they're savages. Well, I think Lover and Fish, yeah. and then there's I four think, standout front rowers in the in the game, and Penrith have got two of them. And I think, and know, to be fair, yeah, sorry, there's probably five standout. Front I'd say rowers. six: Brisbane, Tino, Tarpane. There's some bloody Brisbane good front got, rowers. Brisbane have got two of them. Yeah, Tarpane mm. another one. Tino, um, I gave a bit of a bit of a rap to Collins more for his off off the ball work. I still think his skill set and his minutes is nothing compared to those sort of five or six, but. There's a few big men in terms of minutes and skill that are exceptional, and it's it's become a more important position and more respected than it was in the past. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Back row. This one's very. Did open. we do hooker? Ah, oh, hooker's next. Yeah. Sorry, I was skipping one there. Sorry. For me again, it was Egan. So the fact that Harry again and a couple of the names that were mentioned, the only one I really think would have challenged him if he didn't get injured, I thought Marshall King was leading that race. He was. Yeah, excellent. I didn't have Appy far away either. I thought Appy. Right, for the team he played in and what he very dished. Good things. Yeah. Walters was obviously really good. And um, you know what? Mitch Kenny, back end of the year, mm. he did some good things as well. There was some good Walters nine play. Smoothie. Yeah, some good nine play. Phoenix, when he took over that jersey early. But I think, yeah, Egan impacted his team where he got to. I think Grant Grant had a good year. I, I mean, he just had. But I don't think he was. That, there was flash good. games. There were some really good games, and there were some weeks you're just like, you're terrible. But that, that was Melbourne's spine, like we said. The difference in game for some of their players. Wait, so even someone like Croker, like there's there's real good depth in the hooker position at the moment. Mm. But Could uh, like even Crossland, like Crossland moving there as mate, he didn't just go there and do a, a job. A hybrid. He was like, he was very important. He defended yeah. well. He kicked. He you know 
he was a genuine threat. So there was a lot of a lot of good nine play this year, but we agree on Egan. I think like back row was the one I looked at and thought it's very open because none of these guys really put together a full year. Uh, a lot of them had good streaks or good patches, but uh, I landed on like what Dave did that left edge. It was the most dangerous left edge in the comp. You can't not, this year was his best year. Like. Tries, the runs, the meters, the line breaks, the tackle breaks. He basically scattered every single category. I know stats aren't everything, but this was the first year I looked at David Feder and was just like, yes. Your origin <laughs> football, your club football. It was basically give it to Dave and let's let Dave do whatever. Dave was passing. Dave was creating overlaps. Dave was scoring tries. Dave was just playing his own game. Dave isn't in my team. So Dave's one of my back rowers. Yeah. <clears throat> I went Lee Martin. Of course you did. And the other one I went was Britain Acora. You left, you didn't put Pig Martin. Interesting. Hey, Martin missed bloody 10 games. <coughs> Back into the year. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I, went, I went two guys that played a lot of footy and were pretty yeah. bloody good and for the uh, the other, the other one I went was Homolo. He was in the mix for me, but same deal. Started like a house on fire, went to sleep for eight weeks and then finished off strong. No, I don't know about that. I thought he was in the origin mix, but... Very good player. Um, yeah, that, that was in my honourable mentions. A, <clears throat> unreal season. So I went... Martin and Homolo. And that's why I sort of had, like, here, like, Ola, I thought, really good start. Martin, injured and good back end. Hudson was good, but after Origin, not quite the same. And Kalama Tungi had a red-hot start. But, again, after Origin, like, the last yeah. eight weeks or so. But I think across the board all year, Britain Nakora, rock solid, really good year. And David Feeder. Yeah. Uh, Locke, again, I think this one you could argue for three players, depending on what your cup of tea is, but... I reckon two players. Okay. Well, who are the two? Yo and Carrigan? No. Carrigan and... Um, Toe. Toe. Good. I had those three. <clears throat> I thought, depending on your, your cup of tea. I went Carrigan. Uh, I went Yo. Yep. thought particularly the middle of the year, um, when Nathan missed and what he did at club, I know his origin series wasn't the greatest, but I thought at club, and again, even most games, like sometimes you look and you think, What's he done? But if you actually look really closely, uh, awesome. He won their player of the year as well last night. Thought that it would have been between him and Edwards. I think he, they just said that he picked him by one point. There you go. So, but yeah, I think the amount of work he gets through, like I know a lot of people think Carrigan gets through some work. Yo gets through some work. I see. He made an extra 200 plus than Carrigan. It was his best year in other categories I didn't expect either. Tackle breaks. He has his hand in plenty of the ball playing, the tries. Um, you can argue whatever way you wanted here. I almost went Tohu, but between him, Pat, and Yo, I was like, bloody hell. Again, there's some good 13s in the game now. Yeah. So mm. you can be pissed off if you're a Brisbane fan or someone else there, but that's just my opinion, my humble. Mm. But you can't go wrong with any of those three. Um, An honourable mention was Hopgood's start, but obviously the back end of the year, probably first full year in first grade, it got a bit tough for him. Yeah. That start of the year, he was popping off loads like they were going out of fashion. Uh your bench, this one, you can sort of backfill with some guys that missed. Who's your first bench player? Daly Cherry Evans. Yep. Well, I've cheated, like I said, about the fullbacks. I've got Ponga there for my first bench player. Yep. Um, his second half of the year, like you said, basically missed majority of the first eight to ten and the one or two games he did play and either got put to sleep or injured. So, missed there. Who's your second bench player? Bruce Walsh. Yep, I cheated again. So, that's my third fullback on my team. <laughs> Great times. Well, it's not about... It's just about forming... Yeah. Your best 18. And you sort of, you know, like I said, sneak in the few that you thought were probably hard done by in their positions. 
that way. Uh, who is your next bench player? Mosese Leota. Mosese. Well, Big Mosese. I put DC in that one again. Um, this year, at his age, what he did, the way he played in Origin, he had a fantastic season. Yeah. So, stuck him in there. And who was the last one on your bench? I'm got, I went 18, mate. I went concussion sub as well. You went concussion sub? <laughs> yeah. I went 18. All right. I went uh, Adam Fanua Blake. As you said, mate. And my 18 was Tohu Harris. I was going to say, I hope Pong is not your concussion sub. No. Because he's already got a concussion. You can't put him it, on. It wouldn't be very well, good. Well, if we're going to cheat, you've just done me a favour. Because I was torn on the two locks. So, I've Paddy Carrigan slip into my 17. And my 18th will be the one who got away from me at Melbourne because he wanted to go home. It's Tohu. Mm. Baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. Come on, Tohu. I can't be without you, baby. Uh, yeah, I think the only reason I haven't tipped up the two Penrith boys is, I think, again, they were smart with the way they handled them during the year. Slow start of the year, off the back of a couple of big campaigns, World Cup, they warmed into the season, and no surprise when they needed them on the big day, like we said, they were just going to launch. They fucking launched, in particular prelim and GF day. If there's two bad hombres you don't want to mess with when it comes time to get your hands on a trophy. It's Fish and Laota, and particularly Fish. Nathan Cleary basically confirmed today that he had one arm for most of the year. He was just going around thugging people. It was great. Yeah. He uh, he laid the wood. <laughs> He's a tough man. And old Fish. Fish is starting to do the Petra. He's doing the big lead up and then turning sideways with the shoulder on the hip. I love it. It's basically, if you want a part of this, you're going to go to sleep. So I've got five Panthers, five Broncos, five Warriors. And then I've got a 1997 ARL Grand Final Tribute. Two Seagulls and one Knight. Four Panthers. Only four. It's a big slap. Well, you picked both the front rows. I didn't. Disrespectful. I've got Toto, Critter, Yo, and... I've got someone on the bench. Edwards at fullback. Oh, Edwards, yeah. But Warriors, what did I get there? So you didn't have fish in there either? No. Well, yeah. Like I said, I'm going just the whole body of work. I think for Penner for a bit slow. They were four and four to start. Same as Liam Martin missing bloody like 10 games. There you go. It's a good player, don't get me wrong. I love Liam Martin. Good player. You're going to miss like... I go as much back end. I'm heavy back end. I know. You miss 9 or 10 for me and I look at the body of work from the other two. Give you body of work. You're out. Body of work. Yeah. Where did the Titans finish? Nowhere. I'll tell you what. Certainly wasn't because of Dave. No, I get it. Dave was very bloody good. (laughs) I get it. And Britt Nakora, same deal. I'll tell you what, if I was a half and I want someone riding in my pocket, Britt Nakora is right up there. Yeah. He's a good player for his team. Yeah. So there you go. Our teams of the year, our awards. Good times, Bockhead. And mm. player of the year, unanimous, Sean Johnson. Yeah. Congrats, Sean. You have no fucking clue who we are and you don't care, but you're the fifth and last <laughs> you're the fifth and last player of the year, buddy. Yeah. So for Fonzie and a few of the Warriors types, Dave Henwood, you absolute legend. And anyone else who listens in from that side of the ditch, if you see Sean around, let him know. Give him a cut off. You got us. our player of the year, all right? Bless you, Sean. Bless you. Up the wires. Up the wires. Alrighty. A uh, bit of signing news. Luke Thompson, no surprise, back to the UK. Four years with Wigan. Really? So Where did that happen? Today or yesterday. Yeah, okay. I didn't hear that. I'd heard that he... I've been fixing the cubby house and... Said that he wanted to go to the Roosters or somewhere else, but obviously everyone looked at his pay packet that he was on here and probably what he was after and said, no thanks with the run he's had, so he's going back to the UK. Yeah, right. Four years at Wigan. Big bickies, apparently. Okay. Tarek Sims confirmed two years at Catalan, so he's not finishing up at the Storm or the NRL. 
Okay. Melbourne also released four players, I think, in the last few days. Eisenhuth, Nicaragua, Jennings, Grant, bit of a clean out of the back end. They confirmed all of that. Um, Cheekham and Hawkins, Dean Hawkins, New South Wales Cup Player of the Year, both extended for one more year. Yeah, he's... At South. Hawkins, someone needs to pick Hawkins up. Hawkins is a good player. He's a very good player. It's another one of these ones you look at and you're just like, really? No one? Anyone? He looks like a... Someone? He's almost like a Reynolds Reynolds clone in, in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah, you talk about halves or depth at other clubs, I'm like, surely someone, someone's going to be keen. But... It's too good for New South Wales Cup. Or unless they're sitting there and they're going to look and see what happens. Ilias, like we said, he had no football from SG Ball to COVID. He's basically learnt the last two years. Next year's big make or break year. It's year three. If they don't start to see something, they yeah. might finally go, well, you know what? You've been consistent there for three years. I think he's won cup player of the year twice in that time. They might go, well, have a swing. Who knows? Yeah. One year, if someone doesn't pick him up after that, he needs to go to the UK or somewhere where he's going to play. Yeah. He'd... Definitely yeah, a very, very good couple. Mm. Definitely be able to lead a team. Um, what else did I have here? Towards those two. Moiaki at the Titans. Got player of the year and an extension to 2027. Wow. So long-term extension for Moiaki Fotowaka. Scary probably to think how old he is. He's been playing for a while, but I think he's only like 22, 23. Yeah. So he's a baby. Back in origin <laughs> this year. Um. And then South, the worst kept secret. Everybody knew it was happening, but it finally got confirmed. Demetrio's extension. It was done a long time ago, but with everything going on, and they've confirmed the restructure. So he's there to 2026. Hornby to 25. O'Callaghan, no surprise. He was the head of Cup and Elite Pathways and Development. He's now full-time assistant and still New South Wales Cup. And then John Sutton is sort of assisting him with development and Elite Pathways. Yeah, and then they've had some other positions sort of change within their physio. Eddie Farrah's gone after like seventeen years, and a couple other guys. But the main restructure is there, and we sort of spoke about. It. I'm not surprised that he's got O'Callaghan up, but I'm also not surprised with the job he did with Cup. He doesn't want to lose him in that role. So I assume between him and Hornby, probably taking on more of the day to day and similar to the role you're sort of got because he's across NRL and the majority of their squad bar the few full timers that. He's kept in there as well to make sure that that pathway in the back end is obviously doing what they did this year, which is win the state championship. Yeah. So um, they confirmed all that today. Um, Cronulla, Marwin Harotti, and Jaden Beryl, two backups in their positions, got one-year extensions, and Cade Dykes, unfortunately, did his ACL, but two-year extension for him. So Will Kennedy obviously had a very good year. Tracy's been linked to the Dragons the last few weeks. No surprise, Flanagan. Sniffing around trying to get him out, but Dykes extended now to 2025. Mm. Good, yeah, good yeah. sign. He's an excellent player. They've got a lot of good young players at, at Cronulla. Mm. Very good players. Um, and I just, I just hope that they these bloody ACL injuries don't derail some of these young guys, particularly, like you said before, with the impact COVID's had just in... Yeah, just, development, and then you spend time out with ACLs. Well, this was my... I'm not saying it's going to um, inhibit the player that he ends up being. No. It just prolongs that process time. because he hasn't had that development. But this is my thing with like... I mean, we're talking about developing halves, right? Exactly. You that's, just, that's the core That's the core of it. It's The difference between, say, Taff and Ilias is Taff was in the bubble to start with. So he got... That's right. To he played spend the time. Final, Those he? guys that people don't understand when they go, why is this guy struggling? I'm like... They weren't training. They weren't there at all. They're not in the bubble. 
Yeah. If you're not in the bubble, you're not learning. So when he turns up the year after and they've moved on from Reynolds... Yeah, that, that's right. They would have been training, like physically training. Yeah, but not training, not training every as, day with the as, NRL. Yeah, skill. Which is the same deal as an Alamotti. Like, the fact that after a year and he's only 19, they're sort of, like, I know they signed him to a good deal, so it's sort of their fault, money-wise. Yeah. But the fact he's now chose to go to Penrith after missing all that time again with COVID, Penrith are basically getting a free run and a diamond in the rough yeah. here for one year. I'm actually... Like, there's a player at Manly in the lower grades, like guy that was in... Cup this year who we were talking about COVID and actually when we were in New Zealand mm. and he was saying that he's a key position player he was talking about during COVID how he just all he wanted to do was get his bad side bad pass yeah. side right and I said to him show me like show, show me how you like show me both passes mm. and I'm going to try and pick which side is your which is the side, and I could not pick it. So clearly, not pick he just it. kept it. He goes, mate, I worked on it for an hour every day for about 10, 12 weeks. Mm. I was like, that's incredible. He goes, it's yeah, so true, but so true about... 10,000 oh, and Yeah, the attention to your craft. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Really, like, really nice to see players who go, it's not so much about big picture... No, it's about what. What can I do now? What can I do? Yeah, and this is actually going to help. An accumulation of the little picture mm. makes the big picture. Right? We, all, we all know the mental challenge that was. So for the few that were in that situation, blocked out for basically two years, bar the two games before Flegg and all that got canned, or Matson Ball not even getting off the ground. Your only options were limited. So yeah. whether it was your strength training on your own. Your fitness, like goal kicking, kicking a ball, part like there's only so much you can do, like individual skill, like in terms of drill, game situation, improving, getting rep, like all that's gone. Yeah. And then the one thing we know we can't replicate, we can't replicate game. So that's what I mean. For some of these guys that people shitbag the last two years, I've been pretty generous to because I know, like you know, that some of those guys that were elevated from ball or on that radar that weren't in the bubble for that two years, they didn't play any footy. Mm. A handful got lucky enough to train. But like, there's still a lag effect of that, and it's going to be felt again probably for another twelve to eighteen months. That's right. There's a whole window that's been missed. Even some of the flag guys this year, there's a lot of guys that are 21, and you, people are sort of saying, "Oh, flag, that's a long time." Like, well, think about them. They are the worst affected by this sort of window. So there's a lot of guys even in there that are getting reps in that are probably a bit far behind. And clubs would be hoping that some of them hit in the next twelve months, or if they haven't now, and their eligibility's run out, they're hoping for a chance in cup next year. Mm. But that, that two years has had a much bigger effect than what people understand. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a handful coming in the next year that'll be year three off the back of that pretty much blackout that it's go time. Because after that, if they haven't got enough, there's enough tape there, reps and sort of vision to sort of sit there and go, all right, well, you've had two full seasons and an extra preseason. Um, you're probably not up to scratch or you're a fringe player or maybe it's time to go to the Super League. But that's right. That's the sort of point it gets to with uh, what's going on, but... Yeah, that's sort of uh, the new side of things. And the last little bit here is sort of what's come out after the grand final and the fact that Nathan Cleary, they're saying, at the time it's an MCL, now they're saying that scans might confirm a PCL tear. He's basically said, you know, at the time with the adrenaline, he didn't feel a whole lot. No, he got up that first kick, but he played through. But the days afterwards, he's not feeling too well. And the physios and that have basically told him he'd missed the first few games at best, maybe all the pool games for Australia, which is why he's pulled out. So it speaks to how tough that bastard is. 
Yeah. Luai, no surprise, confirmed surgery. He's going to be out three to five months. So for Penrith, both their halves, well-earned rest. For the Broncos, Jordan Ricky has had surgery, and there's a couple other guys across the comp, no surprise. But um, the squads that were named for that Pacific Championship and the Bowl, Australia, again, like, yeah, I find it hard that Ponga, Walsh, Edwards, none of them got in. Yeah. Yet if we want to uphold standards, and we talked about a few years ago, you know, like Val had an okay year, not a great year, but finishes up getting suspended, team doesn't make the finals and the coke thing. I thought surely that's enough to miss an Australian jersey. Yeah. So when he got named, I was sort of like, well, you've pretty much fucking thrown that out the window, in my opinion. <laughs> like, honestly, you're not rewarding at least one of those three. I know you can't have all three of them in there because he basically said all along he was going to stick with Teddy. So yeah. I'll give him that. He's been loyal to him. Um, form-wise, again, is that the way it should be? Probably not, but he won the World Cup. That's what he sort of stuck with, the basis of it. It's probably his last hurrah, if we're being fair. It's not a World Cup, so on that side of things, like, good on Teddy. He's been great in those jerseys, but I think this is the swan song. But, yeah, and then Fox, his form just in general, what he did in Origin this year, and then the Curry knockout thing. I haven't even seen the video, but people are saying he might get charged. I don't even care about that. I just think form-wise, the fact he's in there, you know, speaks to, again, like we're saying, oh, we're looking for versatility. I'm like, well, he's just an out-and-out -out winger. You pick other guys out of position all the time in rep teams. You can't tell me that Edwards couldn't do that job. Uh, yeah. Like, so no, no. They're, they're the sort of two I looked at and I thought, like, fucking hell. And then there was talk about, oh, Walsh made a few errors in the big game. I'm like, well, you've contradicted your fucking self. You pick Cobble and Staggs. They both made three apiece in the grand final. Yeah. Staggs has made more errors than any other center in the competition. So don't sell bullshit. Like, you pick what you've picked. And, like, there's plenty of guys that are deserving. No, all right. They're, yeah, years justify being in as well. But there was just a few that I sort of looked at and was like, eh, I don't know. And I think we're light on back rows again too. Like Martin will get one. He'll probably have to play Murray on the other edge. And then he's got Carrigan and Yo, So that sort of makes up for the middle side of things. But yeah, even picking Nico the other day. When Nico got picked, I'm like, well, yeah. we didn't pick him for origin. You've picked him as a backup. We've already got DC, Munster, Hunt's the natural cover there. We've got Hunt, Harry, Cotter's like your third string nine. It's only a couple of games, like really. And that's no knock on Nico, but again, like no, best season. It's just it just screams loyalty to best the season. World Cup though, sport. You don't get oh well, Nico didn't go, but I was like, you still couldn't fit one of these guys in. Yeah, but what I'm saying is he was Dalian player last year. Hmm. Well, I, if you're loyal to that in Queensland, you would. But take what it. I'm saying is, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that there might have been conversations around. You know, you're not in this time, but you know. Your next cab off the rank. Well, poor Dylan Edwards. If he can't get enough, no, last I, two I years understand had, that. I under, just, I, just yeah. a game. Give him something. I think this would be Teddy's. I think Teddy will pull, this has to, pull yeah. up stumps after this. I, I don't know anything. I'm just saying. I, I, it would shock me. He might brain him next year, but going off this year, like age is certainly a factor. Bit of wear and tear. Yeah, I think Edwards will move into that. Well, between those three, like Not bloody hell, what, what a what a scrap. But I looked at Dill when he said versatility and thought, like, come on, man. Yeah. Because the other one that was there, Tulagi was part of the PMs 11 and all that, and then he now he's playing for Samar. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure he would have been in the mix. He played good during Origin. He went to the World Cup, so I'm assuming he obviously just didn't get selected. So now he's gone to Samar. But if you're going to argue versatility again, set a win. Yeah. It's more versatile than Fox. That's right. So you've criticized, you've, you know, hypocritical in that sense again. So, I don't know. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, debutants, majority Broncos. Uh, Flegler, Cobo. Stags all in. Haas was the one I didn't even realise still hadn't played for Australia because he didn't go to the World Cup. And Nico, 
Uh, late call up and <coughs> Hammer. Hammer's form obviously in Origin with centre shortage. He's in the mix there as well. So they're all in yep. line to make a debut. Six debutants. Um, yeah, lighter in the back row, but you know when you got that sort of spine, obviously that's always probably been the big advantage for Australia. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think in this sense, for the first time, you could sort of sit and go, well, I don't think you picked the right fullback. So we'll see how that plays out. New Zealand, nightmare for Madge. He'd be stressing out and twitching those biceps. There's a lot of guys, <laughs> a lot of guys who couldn't play. They had about 13 unavailable due to injury um, and surgery. They even looked up Crossland once they found out he was a Kiwi because they're missing hookers. He sent him a photo of him in a sling and a knee brace. So um, forward pack, no surprise. Stacked as usual. Halves, he's still going to have Hughes, Edwards, uh, sorry, Dylan Brown. Got Fozzie Bear in the mix, but yeah, nine, he's going to be leaning on Levi and New Brown, who majority played cup this year. Yeah. So they could do a job with those packs, but Keanu Kinney, bit of a long shot smoky in there. Wiram McGrigg, uh, Griffin Neem, Tomoko, obviously named, and Nafahu White was in his 21. Yeah. So seven possible debutants for them. Um, Samoa, no surprise, stacked with the Penrith boys in the outside backs. Yeah. Pretty good squad from them, good forward pack. Um, their biggest question, similar to what you have with any of those nations, like we talked about, the opposite of Australia is their spine. So at the World Cup, they obviously had Jerome and probably a few more veteran-type players. This time, uh, Oluapu, who obviously started in Cup, went in the grade, then all the way down the flag. It looks like him and Dejan Arce are going to be the halves with Gordon at nine, Cham Kong Tung. So young... <clears throat> Young six seven nine, yeah, it is. Um, with a good forward pack bench and OBs. Probably the other question mark Benny Gardner's got is how he sorts the back line because so far Longo is in that squad, but they've got a couple of options with Tago, Toto, Crichton, now Tolungi in the mix as well, um, and Greg Marju. So it's yeah. sort of like well, six or seven doesn't go into five unless he leans on... I know again, a lot of people probably go, what am I talking about? Crichton come through playing one and six centre. So unless he wants to have him just in as a six and, you know, not play one of those guys and have, like, say, Arcee play seven, put Sewer at fullback, but he's certainly not lacking options in the forward pack and the outside backs. It's just, obviously, spine plays. Uh, Papua New Guinea named their squad today. The Cookies and the Fiji for the bowl part of it. They haven't named a team yet, but... Probably the most NRL, Cup and Super League players I've ever seen. Jack DeBellin, they've been after him for a while. Um, he's had eligibility through his grandmother. He signed on. So Jack DeBellin in with, you know, Alex Johnston, Dan Russell, long time coming. He got his debut this year. He's a solid player. Yeah, Pape, good. really good nine over in uh, England. I've heard that Flanagan's been trying to get him back over. Um, no surprise. He was at Manly, apparently, a while back. Who was it? Edwin Apapa, he won the Championship Player of the Year and then come up with Lee this year, he's the hooker. Okay. So, a few clubs are looking at him. Um, you know, Jacob Ailick played for the Titans at the end. You've got the Labert brothers, Olam, Lockie Lamb. He's had a really good year. Nene McDonald, Nixon Putt, Reese Martin, Robert Derby played for the Cowboys. So, it's, it's one of the more, you know, sort of loaded sides for them. So, it shows signs of development, obviously, in their pathways. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, those other two aren't named yet, but Tonga. We're obviously doing that three-game series in England. So they've named their squad today. Pretty strong, similar deal. There's a couple of guys missing, but, yeah, they'll be rolling over there with a, a heavily stacked forward pack. you got Fanua Blake, Tatola, Kalama Tangi, Ola Kawatu, Siwa Wong, Hame Sele, Moiaki, Felice Kafusi. Like they've got some heavyweights going over to England. Um, the big question's same deal, spine spots. So 
if I was going to guess from the squad they've picked, probably Tolu Kula at fullback, unless he leans on Hopper, but I don't know why he would at this point in time. I'd go with the kids. And then your halves, um, he's taken Latufanu. Love it. He's got Lola here, and he's got Katara. But again, I think he just needs to lean into it. They leaned into the World Cup, and it worked out well for him. Go with your kids. Dayon Tarpa, also rewarded. Played a good season at South in Cup. Um, so they might roll their halves because it's a three-game series at some point. But I think there's a real good chance to lean into Latu and Katawa, two 19-year-old kids, and build that base with them and Kula. Um, that forward pack, man. It's got some serious players in that forward pack. Um, they've got a few missing as well with injuries and surgeries. Uh, Dallum's apparently going to swap from New Zealand and possibly play for them, but he's had to pull out. But, yeah, they've even got, like I said, Elias and Katara and a few other guys that can't even fit into that that are going over. So. It's pretty stacked, isn't it? They're outside when backs. When does that series start? Uh, that's what I had here. So for anyone, if you're desperate for your football, like I will be in about a week's time, those three tests are week apart in St. Helens, Huddersfield and Leeds. It's October. They've still got, I was going to say, they've still got... they got prelims this week. Prelim, prelims and grand final. And so then what is it, two weeks after that starts? October 22nd, 28th and November 4th are the games. So, so they must be going the week after the grand final. They're going prelims this week, yeah. GF, and then, yeah, a week after. Wow. So, so the team that wins the grand final. If they're Sunday, off Sunday the 15th or no, whatever. No, Saturday night. Well, yeah, so they're going to have an eight-day turnaround. Yeah, wow. It's first test match, 22nd of October. Get your beers in early, boys. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Penasini, uh-huh. Toa. Are they... Uh... Are they going to go over and play a warm-up game? I would imagine they probably will. I'm not too sure, but yeah. The final weekend, probably. Tom Alolo pulled out. Uh, Katoa and David Feeder are available. A couple of guys have had surgeries, but yeah, the, the side they're rolling is still fucking stacked. That forward pack, dear Lord. He's going to struggle to pick that. And the other one, Tyson Frizzell, third international team. 16 origins, 16 Australian caps. He also played for Wales when he was a young blood. Oh, he did too. Through... Uh, Heritage and he qualifies for Tonga, so he's been called in. It's his third international team. Oh, doesn't he had a career? Massive career. He's my age. That's the thing I look at him. Like, we played them in the Sharks. No, was... I know, but like, uh, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, when you look and you start to go, I'm getting old. Like I look at guys like him. Forever. Wade Graham retired this year. That's my vintage. Mm. They're coming to the back end. Woods, that's sort of the last of the Mohicans in my age, but Frizz, he's still playing. He's got a couple of year extension. Still played rep footy this year. Was good in Origin. Yeah. But yeah, third nation. So Tonga's called him up. He's going over to play for Tonga. So represented uh, both all the heritage path lines he sort of had and played for Australia. What a, what a rep career on top of his NRL career. A lot of football. Hmm. I reckon that'd be a good series though. So that's probably, I've probably got more intrigue for me. Oh, yeah. The Pacific, just because I, I look at all the outs for New Zealand. If New Zealand rolled into this, oh, like right. stacked with. Marshall King and a couple of the guys that they're missing, I would have thought, you know, they're a good position. And Samoa, similar deal. There's some talent there, but with that spine. But, I don't know, maybe someone can challenge Australia, but I still think when you've got that spine, DC, Munster, that you should win. You should. There's enough yes. intelligence in that there to sort of steer you through. And, yeah, the bowl one will be interesting too, without knowing what the Cook Islanders and Fiji name, but Papua New Guinea certainly named a strong, strong sort of squad. But those games, uh, they start next week, I think. Where are they? I wrote the dates for them. 14th. So that's October 14th. So 14th, 15th, 21st, 22nd, 28th, 29th, and then the finals for both and plus the women's is the 4th and 5th of November. So okay. Yeah. Footage back okay. on as of next weekend over the weekend. So you've got the Super League Grand Final, 
couple of internationals, and then yeah, obviously. Well, even the Super League prelims this weekend will be good. Mm. So <clears throat> St Helens, Catalan, and Wigan, and who was the other team that got through? Hull KR, I think. Yeah, KR got through. <clears throat> Keno's brother is over at KR. So they've... Uh, What's Willie Peters, isn't it? Whole KR? Yeah, started off a bit hit and miss, but got going at the back end and have been pretty consistent. So <laughs> find themselves in a position now. But I think from most people's opinion, Wigan, who won the minor premiership in Catalan, sort of the favourite. What, what what would St. Helens be going for if they got through? Is it their fourth or their fifth in a row? I think it's fourth. Because, uh, yeah, I don't think it's... One under Holbrook and then two under... It hasn't been as easy a year, but they're uh, they're still there. Two under what's the guy's name that was there? Looking uh, out the Dolphins with Bluebet.com.au, Wigan with the Miners, they're two sixty, and then they've got Catalans and Saints at three twenty five apiece. Hull rank outsiders at ten. Okay. So the way they see it, uh, Wigan, yeah, Wigan, um, Wigan, the slight very favorite. good, very good coach, Wigan's coach. Is that uh, he played for him? Didn't he? It's the guy. Mm. Yeah, I can work for his name now. Yeah. Something Pete's or Pete, I'm mixing it up, aren't I? Yeah, Pete's, yeah. But mm, I remember remember something about him either playing or he comes through the development pathway or something as well, didn't he? Coaching wars. But on top of that, Pacific Championship for bluebet.com.au. Australia, no surprise. They're a dollar thirty five. New Zealand, three seventy, Samoa. Ten dollars in the cup side of things in the bowl, Fiji slight favourites a dollar seventy five. Papua New Guinea two oh five. The Cook Islanders are nineteen dollars. Yeah. So, bit of a race in two, and there's nothing there for that international series yet between Tonga and England. But uh, looking at that forward pack they're taking over with the young halves, I I think Tonga have got a pretty bloody good chance of winning some games over there. <clears throat> I've only seen bits and pieces of the Super League this year, but. Yeah, I sort of feel like, again, much like Samoa getting over him in that semi-final, that they're sort of moving ahead of England in that regard at this point in time. <laughs> yeah. So, but any time they have players available to them, like say if, uh, you know, New Zealand had their full complement available in a few positions and that freed up a couple other guys that have that heritage to go play in those spine spots, you can only imagine how much stronger they'd be. But Exactly. Uh, other than that, I think that's all I got. But yeah, if you're desperate for footy like I am, next week it's back on. You can watch those Super League games. I'll, I'll definitely watch the grand final. Um, but yeah, the internationals are on as well, so there'll be something there to watch on replay, which is always good. Men's, women's in both of those. Uh, the last thing I've got to do here, mate, is what I do every year. The thank yous. So Thank you to the fans. I was say, you've, <laughs> you, you've stolen my furniture to start off my first one. Thank you to the fans. As he used to say at the Tradies Club. No, honestly, um, say this every year. Without you, there's you know, there's no show, obviously. That's what we started doing it for. We thought people, obviously, all that time ago, might be keen to listen to a couple of people gibber about football. And well, we don't gibber about football. What we say, yeah. A bit more insight and a bit more depth or analysis to it or a bit more layered and hope that people uh, would buy into it. And we've sort of got our own little niche market, but I like it that way. Take yeah, us- well, we're not in it to... Be millionaires. We're in it to. Nah, we enjoy talking footy. Educate and um, yeah, talk footy and yeah, that's hmm. that's why we started it. Hundred percent. We it's... didn't start it for yeah. So there's a lot of rugby league podcasts in the market, and there's a lot of them that have different. It's certainly saturated now. It's uh... yeah, 
Yeah. But we, were, we were one of the originals, so... We probably lost some people along the way, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but we've also gained a lot of people as well, so... Yeah. Um, from that perspective, and if you've okay. been here for the whole time, back well, in... Well, a lot of people have, which is... 2012. Which is good, yeah. And if uh, you're new, thank you for coming on board. But, yeah, again, without you, that's what we do it for. Uh, I know sometimes, like we said, around work and commentating this and that and the other, don't ever be offended if we don't reply. I've said that a million times. We're probably not the best on... Social media, but that's for the reason, like Brock just said, we got jobs. Yeah. So obviously we're striving to be in parts of football. I'd love to be a full time commentator. You're getting your first full time opportunity in coaching, but around all that, never be offended about that. But if you're right, we always try to get back. We always try to reply. We can. We do our best. And even if it's a month later, I reply to someone. Oh, I've, I've replied to people about shit that's three months on about something yeah. that's not even relevant, and because I've just completely missed it, and I'm like, sorry, but yeah, yeah, I just. Don't really look at the social media a whole lot. As you probably see, if you see the feed, I'll put up the shows and, yeah, even fan questions when we didn't have That's kids. That's not why we do it. No, nah, but we, we don't have no kids and more time. Media. We don't do it for... But, yeah, content was. Yeah. Um, main the thing... Show, the show is the content, yeah. right? Yeah. I know for algorithms and other things, it's better to have smaller and clips, and t- but that's time and money and editing. It's not a full-time job, unfortunately, yeah. so... That is what it is. But again, you're the reason for it. So thank you to every single person. Sponsors. It could be a full-time job. Yeah, well, that's what we're always always hoping to get more <laughs> time to do it. So feel free. But yeah, thank you to all of you that have listened, whether it's Day Dot or this year. Hopefully uh, you can keep spreading the word and stick with us. And uh, yeah, love yous and appreciate all your support. Get onto those accounts and follow Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and iTunes. Rate and review. That's always a big help. The five stars are some funny Has anyone shit smashed us? Someone hammered you last year. I actually laughed when we finished. Did they? Yeah. Once you got the manage job, someone gave you the old slag. What'd they say? So this bloke's just fucking mailing in since he's become a coach. So I was like, <laughs> I, 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 I laughed at myself. coach for 17 years. I was like, this poor prick's bloody working almost two full-time jobs. Some bloke is tuning into a free pod. You just got Slam the flamethrower out. He's fucking mailing it in. <laughs> I was like, all right, calm yeah, down. We were recording him. at midnight around working the kids. Like, good on him. He's up, mate. Um... That's gold. Uh, yeah, rate and review on iTunes. That always helps. Thank you to Acast, obviously the host site, and come on board a couple of years ago. It's been a pretty good platform. Here we go. So that's let's have a look at some of the reviews. Been helpful. Brock's in here doing like nasty reviews like mm. they do on the late night shows. Yeah. You got anything? I haven't looked at it recently. No, we haven't had any any reviews lately. No, I had a new one last time I sort of saw one. Like oh, they're not recent. ranked in... Nah, that's, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense, does it? How do you rank it from lowest to highest? Mate, I've got no idea. Good luck figuring out the iTunes algorithm and how Here that works. Here we go. Yeah, Brasco King. Since <laughs> he's given us two stars. So he Since chomped. Brock moved up in the coaching world, he phones it in each week. It's almost unlistenable. I've unsubscribed. Cop that. So there you go. I said some people would stick, some would jump off. Brasco King's fucking, he's gone. He's somewhere. <laughs> he's, he's, he's somewhere. He's gone. Brasco King's, he's gone. He's, he's checked out. Yeah, there you go. My favourite ones, there was one like, a long time ago. A guy was saying about a word we're using wrong. I'm like, mate, if you're that worried about it. Yeah, he on. said, one of the guys continually says, why, instead of while. Like, he says, enjoy it why it lasts. Is he sure about that? I'm pretty sure if it was one of us, we'd say enjoy it while it lasts. Maybe maybe it just doesn't <laughs> no. sound right to his it's, ear, but if that's enough good. to throw you off, then fuck off. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, that's Sim- great. Simple. If that's enough to bother you for a free <laughs> podcast, honestly, smash your into your fucking steering wheel, you uh, moron. That's good. Uh, sorry for nah, a lot kids of kids are listening. I know we've had some people message go, we listen with our sons or that we learn. I'm like, hopefully 
my tradie mouth after 12 years of the blokes I've hung out with, I apologise. Yeah. I never used to swear this much. But when there's people, only, um, people that you hang out with every third word. There's only it? one of us that swears. Yeah, well, you, got, you also got kids. So. On the podcast. I've got no kids. and I've, I've got the teacher tongue. You can just turn it on, turn it off. Well, I went to my job and I was really well put together after school and real estate and footy and speaking well. And then after more and more time with tradesmen and the amount of things that go Most wrong. We've got a lot of ratings. Yeah, we've done good over our time. Yeah, there you go. But I know there's still a lot of people out there who listen to the message and they haven't done it. So if you're on iTunes, like it takes 30 seconds. Yeah. Bit of love. Punch the five stars. Small little comment. You can just write... Fucking dot for all I can, but <laughs> a guy said an unprofessional opinion on something. First episode I've ever listened to, definitely the last. What a bunch of vlogs. <laughs> when was that? <laughs> when was that? <laughs> that's five years ago. There you go. Oh, it's the first well, time I've I would say it's a, that's what I'm saying to you. Some people listen and go, What are you on about? I'm like, literally they know you're in development and pathways and all this, this sort of stuff. Great. It's like this bloke doesn't have a clue. It's like, well, little do you know. <sighs> If that's your opinion, well, you know, good on you. Enjoy. This is great. <laughs> He's going through all the things. This is all the stuff that I do. I'm flicking through all the five five stars. I'm looking for the... You're looking for the bad ones. I'm looking for the ones. Some people just pressure rating and don't write a comment. That's the thing. They've tore us a new one. Because you can just rate and not review. So... Waste of data. Waste of data. A couple of peanuts who read the paper and then spew the same dodgy information. A couple of poorly set up microphones. <laughs> well, it's not well, a couple. You're wrong there. It's one microphone. It's one microphone. It's not poorly yeah. set up. There you go. That's good. Thanks for that. Yep. Hey, Garbage. You, you've just gone off on your own. Decided to give the podcast a go and found it. But wow, when people start treating the Daily Telegraph as gospel, you know you're dealing with drivel. When do we treat the Daily Telegraph? <laughs> that was seven years ago. If you talk about a talking something out of a paper, it doesn't mean you're treating it oh, like gospel. It's, it's a talking ago. point. So like 10 years ago. Is that how long we've been doing this? Mate, we started 2012 from memory, didn't we? Yeah, we are. No, no, 2013. 10 years ago. 2013. Roosters Manly was the first year we did, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well. So, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. It's 11 years, I think. I have to well, we, get, we get around ten to 15,000 listeners a week, and we've only got 448 ratings. So, <laughs> yeah, this what's, is... what's that? It's like 5% of the market. Yeah, but this, this also this. gets me, because a lot of people go, I'm listening on this or Spotify. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't so, even, they're not listening on, the, on that platform. I don't even know like if Great. there's messages on half these apps and platforms, because they all branch out from ACAR. So, Great. I know we're on different platforms, but in terms of... Other reviews. I've had people message about stuff on Spotify. I'm like, I don't even have Spotify in general. I'm the, I'm the least tech savvy person ever for what we record here. Yeah, we use a program that I learned how to use in high school music. That's the only reason we can record. That's good. Like I've had people go before about your editing or this or when you link it. I'm like, buddy, there's not a fucking producer. It's me, you, and a microphone. Yeah. If you're not in the room with me. Most of the time, I stick a phone in front of it and the Zoom stuff and how to pull that and record. I have no idea. Because, yeah, unfortunately, it's uh, not a full-time job, so I haven't got panels and mixes and all this sort of stuff. You don't need half that bullshit anyway. Monotone rugby league. These blokes might know their rugby league. I don't know. So might my air conditioner. That's good. That's just a poor review. No effort. At least get like the other bloke about flogs and peanuts. You've got to be aggressive if you're going to give a negative. I'm going to screenshot some of these. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to screenshot them. What for? Just share them with people. All right. Well, in summary... You go and grab a few people. Grab some people. Marlon. Marlon. 
Rest in peace, great man. What a legend. Uh, yeah, but after all that, and mean reviews and a bit of a laugh and going off on a mouse tangent. For the people that are here, if you're day dot or not, we love you. Plain and simple. Without you, there's no podcast. So thank you very much for tuning in for another year. Uh, thank you to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. Uh, it all started off with Simon. Massive thank you to him. And he moved on uh, to a different role, but we still talk to him. But to Ben and Richard or Hummer for the link this year and keeping things going with the charity account and the best bets are on the app. Um, you know, the best bets on the app was probably a bit of a 50-50 hit rate. Some weeks I got a bit crazier than others, but charity account, $1,398. It was almost $49 a week. So almost as much as the bonus bet, which is great. Yeah. So that'll be going to a well-deserving charity. It's been a, a couple of years now. I think three years we've been together. Hopefully that'll continue. So um, that's obviously up to them and where they go and partnerships and, Again, we've uh, really appreciated the support of Bluebet and thanks to Simon for kicking that off for us and um, for that to continue. Um, fingers crossed we're linking up again in 2024, but if you're going to do it with anybody, have a bet um, with the bookie that supports us, bluebet.com.au and our charity account. Jake Penrosola, our longest-term partner, big thanks to him again. Um, again, it's things like that again, support and good business, and it is a good business. And I've said it 100 times, I'm in that industry, I know cost of living's Shit, but I still think one of the best investments you could have is solar. So if you're going to do it with anyone, penrithsolar.com.au, 1800-2029-30 or visit the showroom, 130A Bat Street, Jamison Town. The bloke's got his fucking business name written into the roof and panels. He's insane, but the place is super impressive. So if you're looking to uh, help your family, your back pocket and get some savings for the long term, I think it's one of the best investments you can make in your house. So thank you again, Jake and uh, the team there. I think maybe six years now with us yeah wow about that's uh, our longest term partner and uh, first year this year but hopefully a continued partnership Toby and Sinclair Hyundai Penrith yeah huge he's a good egg Tobes SinclairHyundai.com.au corner of Bat Street and York Road if you're from the Riff you know where that is opposite the netball courts or Cafe Latitude if you want a good coffee from Mustafa it's a good time also makes a mean sandwich but yeah like I've said before if you're looking to get yourself moving, Toby's your man, SinclairHyundai.com.au. Get into the new Kona or a Sonata or a Tucson, Santa Fe or a Veloster, Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> I don't know half these names, but they've got electrics, they've got hybrids, they've got the family car. If you got to get everyone in, the old Staria for the workload, or if you're a fucking rev head and you want to lose your license, get yourself a turbo up end line and <laughs> run through the new red light camera on Mulgar Road there at the front of Panthers. Go for it. So Super. Bunch of Penrith content there. But yeah, without those people, obviously, um, it just a bit of support and makes it worth the time. And uh, hopefully they're getting something back out of it. And hopefully people don't get too pissed off with sponsors because sponsors are on every single show or LinkedIn. But that little bit of support makes it easier, whether we're doing it at midnight, one o'clock, seven o'clock, or doing multiple a year. Correct. So big thank you to those sponsors. Uh, and the last personally got to think as I always do is yourself yeah because you agreed to come on board when I told you I wanted to fucking talk into a microphone a decade plus ago and you had no idea what I was talking about but still as I've said a hundred times my favourite time of the week as life's got busier uh, as you've had kids and work and there's been more and more responsibility and probably less time around it the one thing I do know every year during football season is Tuesday I'm coming to your house I get to hang out with you you're my best mate your kids on top of that as well um, I love Tuesdays. And on top of that, you're a mean cook. 
You cook a good feed. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very impartial to a feed, as we know, so yep. don't complain on Tuesdays either. Tuesdays is good. Come get a feed. So thank you, mate, again, for having your, your ears bleed, listening to my That's shit true. talk, and when you look at me pull my folder out and all my chicken scratch, and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, here he goes. Yep. It's going to start talking. <laughs> okay. But... Yeah, the two biggest thank yous besides our sponsors, mate. Yourself, again, and our listeners. And the fiends. The fiends from Don. Without you, there is no fifth and last. That's us, mate. Done. Another year done. You got anything you'd like to say in conclusion? Or have you read any more funny comments while you've been no, scrolling over there? It's good scrolling. I've, good yeah. scrolling? Have you found something that's going to keep you amused now for a little while? Yeah. You might delve all the way back into the time and portal. And have a look at all of them. Have like 2013 and see what someone says early on. Yes. When you were like 27 years old. and have, go. have to go back and listen to some of those episodes. Early probably, pods. Probably cringe at how bad we were. Uh, you got to start somewhere. That's what I'm saying. 100%. Yeah. That old weirdo on one of my streams, Gary V, says your first video is going to be shit. Your first post is going to be shit. All that stuff's going to be shit until you start doing it. That's right. That's it. It's true. Yeah, it is true. So you you got to do it. And when people say, I want a brand, I want to do this, I want to do that, he goes, well, guess what? Everyone starts from somewhere. Yeah. So hopefully it's got better. Maybe it stayed the same. I don't know. But Get the reps in, son. There's still an audience for it, and that's all that matters. Yeah. And for that, we appreciate you. No, I don't have a lot to say. Enjoy your summer. Oh, actually, we got to finish off with what we always do What's to finish. That? People like our little general shit chat at the end, which there's probably a few funny remarks that have come out, but besides all those thank yous, TV shows, podcasts, books, anything, movies, you've got anything before we go? What have we watched? Oh, I watched the Mur- the Madar Murders on Netflix. You've said that like five times. No, right? there's a new there's a new there's season. There's another one. Another oh. season. Second season of it. I watched that last night. It's good. Yeah, I like it. Well, I took, took your crazy. recommendation. I watched Ted Lasso. Yeah. It's great. There you go. I loved it. No, it's, I've heard good things, but I just I've been happier that I've let a lot of these things finish, so yeah, I could watch them. Because there's a lot of things that people go start this, and I look and I'm like, no. And well, like, if you haven't started Yellowstone, the final season's about to come out. But we're we're into the start of season five without the second part, so I think I'm timing my run nicely there. Yeah, so you should. We've enjoyed that. You should get into that, uh, especially over the off season. What movie did we watch the other day? But if you like me and you haven't done Ted Lasso, oh, we watched Ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal. Is that just him sitting in a fucking room answering no. phones? No, okay. no, different movie. Ah, uh, different okay. movie. I thought that was that one that I saw the short for. Yeah, like, what like, is this? He's on a day. It's about a bank heist. Mm. Good movie. We watch something else too. Watch a lot of stuff lately, actually. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Top of my head. Keep talking. Well, again, keep talking. If you're not on Ted Lasso like I have, and it's finished. A couple of years ago now, isn't it? To, no, I finished this year. Middle this year? Of this year, yeah. Mate. That's it, a belter. It was too short. It killed me. I got yeah. through it all and I was like, yeah. it's, it was great and it didn't waste any content. That was probably only one episode out of all the 32. Well, Jason that, Sudeikis has said... He's not doing it again. No, no, he thought that it was too short and he thought that that was the arc. But everyone's like, no, you need another season, so... Well, that's the only thing. When it finished, I was sort of like, well, no offence, that's a shit ending, because... <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, it was a good episode, but I was sort of like, really, that's it? Like, it was... Yeah. They pulled all these story... Like, they got so much out of it in the 32 episodes, I couldn't believe it. My but, wife's into me at the moment about The Walking... So The Walking Dead ended. Yeah. It basically didn't end. And then now they're going to, like, 
all the main characters are like having a spin-off. Yeah, show. I've seen that. I was like, like, oh my god. You know, you're milking it. Let it go. She's like, are you going to watch it? I'm like, fuck. I don't it was know. a bit like I'm when you got me onto Power. It's like oh. Power was good, then there's nah, but yeah, Conan, but Power was Tommy. Tommy on its own is actually Power's good. different. There's like, it's Tommy. a flow on of the story. Yeah, and different people. I guess this would be the same thing, but I'll just... Yeah. The Walking Dead, the last two or three seasons of The Walking Dead was just absolute drivel. Hmm. So I'm struggling with that, man. Yeah. I'm struggling to come to terms with having to watch it, man. Yeah, I never got on board. I tried and just... Uh, yeah, whatever. Game of Thrones yeah. I tried as well. Didn't get on board. Yeah. That's I'd, got spin-offs I'd recommend, too. I'd recommend watching Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is good. Better Call Saul, I wanted to start. I showed Casey the short. She had no idea what was going on. Well, so. mate, I've, I've only just finished that. That's unreal. That's I'll probably going to have to be when I watch on my own. Watch Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul is the best way to do That's it. It's better to watch Breaking Bad first. That's what I'm saying. I started Breaking Bad, but I never finished oh, it. Oh, my God. What is wrong with you? Well, you, you told me to push through the first season, but I struggled. Mate, it's a belter. Because you said it lifts off from there, but I watched about five and I was like, this is going nowhere for me. Nah, now. it goes. It, it goes. It's good. So, Maybe my recommendations. If you haven't done Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, there's your off-season done. Mm. Do that. Game of Thrones, yeah, I'd recommend it. Ted Lasso. Watch Ted. Yeah, watch Ted's Ted. a great laugh, and it's got sport in it, so... Watch Ted. Roy Kent. Love it. Fuck me. <laughs> Every two seconds, he's just dropping F-bombs. Uh, like, yeah. What else? I've been watching the Newcastle documentary. Newcastle on Amazon? United, yeah, on Amazon. Uh, don't love it. No. No, I don't love it. Not great? Uh, just, yeah. It's a bit... It's less uh, players. It's more admin and more uh, ownership. Yeah. So, whereas I'll, so I'll take like, over the club and all that sort I of I like the coaching aspect of it. So, there's been a little bit of that, but not as much as your normal sports docos. Well, that's why I prefer those other series. Like, this is, is that what the other one was? This is, or what were the ones they were doing when they followed for the whole year? All or Nothing. All or Nothing, sure. Yeah, all or Nothing. Are They're great. great. You can go back into sports. Watching Jose Mourinho, like, spray the doctor about old mate who's fucking got a broken arm. He's the fucking broken arm, man. He's, the broken <laughs> He's freaking out. He's got no depth. He wants his guys to yeah, play. Yeah, but even like, you can go back and watch. I've watched the old ones. The Cardinals one. I, I watched was, that one. I think it was the original. That was still good. That was great. Early yeah, Arians really and good. the year they had when they had Carson Palmer. That was yeah, that was Cam up. Newton Super Bowl, I reckon, that year. That's good. They're good. They're really good. Super Bowl 50. I reckon that was 2015, 2016, that year. Yeah, yeah. I reckon I'm right. There you go. Anyway. My only other recommendation is just sport. If you like us, there's obviously... Well, Drive to Survive. If you haven't started watching Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive's good. But if you're not into the NFL now and you get people go, there's nothing in the off-season. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. Some people say it's too slow. But I think if you can get into the NFL, you sort of patch that gap between the NRL and that. Yeah. And there's plenty of content. Get on a team. Try to get yourself on with that. NBA, yeah. there's other things, yeah. But out of all the American sport, NFL's the pick for me. Hence why now we've got that podcast as well. I love the NFL. Yeah. NFL's great. So, if you're going to find a sport, get Spring on. racing carnival. That'll be... Horses. Good times. That'll be great. Having a punt. I haven't had a bet much at all this year. Zippo. Obviously cannot bet on rugby league and have just been doing nothing with the horses. Mm. So well, I've stayed away from the horses since COVID because then I was bored gonna, and that was like my only thing every week. I'm going to have a look. Uh, Not that I went too mental, but it was certainly something to look forward to. I'd actually love to go to the races and just... Have six beers and come home and fall asleep. That'd be great. Mate, the last time That's we went, way. we bought a ticket in the members. It was probably better than going to the normal part. Isn't the, the last normal time part... I went was for a bucks about 10 years ago. Maybe not 10 years ago. Maybe more five years ago. 
and it was unreal. We're yeah. in a box, one of those catered boxes at Ranwick, mm. and it was oh no, it might have been Rose Hill, Ranwick, one of them doesn't matter. Unreal. But we did unreal. Members level table, three course with booze, and when you look at the price, you're like, mm. but then you're like, hold on a minute, if you go down the normal, yeah, they charge you twelve a drink. You got to fight every man and his dog. Yeah. You can't sit anywhere. So I think the ticket actually wasn't even that bad. So when we sat down and added it up, like food. I was saying for the bucks, it was like 250 bucks. Oh, I think that was room, less, full food. But yeah, we had tables. Oh, like, that's ridiculous. Four of us and maybe two randoms, and they were fine. Cool. And we got fed and we were in the aircon and it was yeah. bloody hot. And I was like, you know what? This is probably what I'll do. Next on, ladies and gentlemen. Because when I get blind, I'll spend three, 400 anyway. So that's right. Thought just spending the money to be in this room was a better investment. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I don't have much else in terms of shows, movies. No, mine's more been catching up. So now that I've caught up on Ted Lasso, it's it's up there. Oh, what was the other show that I was watching earlier in the year? The um, the ho- one about the hotel, uh, the White Lotus. Oh, White Lotus! Go and watch There's White two Lotus, seasons, mate. Isn't there? Unbelievable. Your Honor, that's okay. Mm. Mm. I watched the first Mayor one. Of Kingstown. With Jeremy Renner, that's good. Go and watch that. Tulsa King, Jack Ryan. I think Jack Ryan, the last season of Jack Ryan just come out. Yeah, but watch it. That's good, man. Uh, better, better call Saul. Done that. Yeah, there's a few on my list as well. Station Eleven, City on a Hill, The Offer, Reacher, The Boys, The League, The Watcher. I watched one or two episodes of The Boys. That looks funny. When they see us, is the one about the um, black kids in the. Um, Central Park in New York City mm. and they get arrested for that murder uh, Oz Hell on Wheels High Strange I'll just put them in my notes so there you go there you go you got a thousand of them making a murderer if you want to go back and watch isn't that like crazy mid 14s have you seen that nah oh my god I'm not into yeah. all the murder and crime on, stuff to be bro. honest I want to laugh you know it's good Ted Lasso ticks all my boxes oh, now, the man. other one is Godfather of Harlem Forrest Whitaker as Bumpy Johnson. He's a bad man. Mate, cracker show. He's a real bad man. But, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm a bit partial to those sort of shows, so. Yeah, I like a laugh, that's why. Lasso hit me right mm. there, but it also got me in the feels a few times too. I See, I, I don't re-watch shows, but I'd re-watch Ted Lasso. I reckon I'll watch it with Nicole. Well, I could Should re-watch watch it, it, definitely. I'd definitely I've watched Brooklyn it. Nine-Nine a few times, but that, that's what I call my bed show. Yeah. It's like 22-minute episodes, they're funny. They're easy to watch. I don't care. I've watched it like four times. No, no, yeah. Usually it rolls through one or two, and then I'm snoring. No, I doesn't matter. It's a, a non-thinking show, is what I'd call it. Yeah. Ted, you'd want to watch through, but I could definitely rewatch it again. Yeah. Good show. His one-liners, love yeah, it. Coach Beard, how strange that Blake is. Yeah. Outstanding. The funniest, funniest thing I heard on the podcast all year is Web Web Lasso. Web Lasso. That's what they call him over there. That made me laugh. Web Lasso, the players. That's the greatest thing. That is great. <laughs> Come in, he's All a right, bit, let's get out bit of awkward and funny. That mm. hit the nail on the head. Oh, there you go. We're wrapped up for another season of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Season awards, congrats, as we said again, Sean Johnson and anyone else we picked. You've got no idea who we are, but we know who you are. So good on you. Corey Parker responded, I reckon, the first year we. I think that's when we actually used to use social media a little bit at the start when we we're trying to get things cooking. He replied. He did. That was when he was on fire, offloading four or five times a game and just absolutely working himself to a standstill. Yeah. His prime years at the back end, dear Lord. He mm. was a fine wine on Corey Parker. 
Tell you what, mm-hmm. his face the other night though. Feel sorry for him, but I also laughed. Yeah. The post game, he looked sick, and he literally said that. Oh, 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 I feel sick to my stomach. I was like, oh, <laughs> you're sick, all right. Yeah. He's blue. The biggest lead in a grand final. He was absolutely devo. They even had a shot where it was like off camera, and I think he thought it went into a close up. One of the others, he did like the eye and head rub, like, oh my god, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. And then they got him on the radio like a day or two later, and he was still talking. About it. Everyone's like, you know, they've got the team, they'll get back there. He's like, but you just can't miss those opportunities. Yeah. You've got to win. No Herbie, no Flegler. Went to the names. Like he just sounded like, mate, you've let it slip. He's probably still carrying the scars of 2015 as well, knowing that, you know, when that opportunity goes, you never know if you're going to get it again. Yeah. But yeah, he was noticeably rattled Paul Corey. Yeah. So. I can relate, Corey. Mm. I've been there, mate. I've, I've, been seen, there. My, I've <laughs> seen my team crumble uh, by myself in Houston. All the time. I've been there. I've done that, mate. I've won comps. <laughs> I've, I've seen teams lose comps. <laughs> when you think uh, you've got it. I've seen... I've seen teams grab, um, of all the trips, grab defeat from the jaws of victory. Of all the trips and things I've heard on the drink, that's still one of the best. I've been there. I've done that. I've won comps. I've done it. You need mad. to listen to me. I know how to yeah. help you. Yeah, right on, mate. Good on you. <laughs> Good on you. Good on you. <laughs> all right. Thanks again, everybody. Uh, another great year. Thank you, bluebet.com.au, Penrith Soul Center, Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Boxhead, thank you. And most importantly, you, the listeners. Thanks for another great year. Hopefully you'll be back. Enjoy the break, the internationals, your Christmas, and hopefully we'll see you in 2024. Mm. For now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?